Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is SENZ. It is uh, breakfast with Izzy and Kempi. Although there's no Izzy today, uh, Ricardo in for Izzy. He's uh, well, he's having Waitangi day off. Kia ora. Good morning. I hope it's going well for you, Aotearoa. Kempi, how are you doing, brother? Morning. Morning, Rick Dog. I'm doing well, brother. I'm doing well on this Waitangi day. It's a lovely day to be alive. And uh, yeah, mate, big weekend so far. Big weekend of sport, big weekend of racing. And uh, looking forward to. To chat and everything today for four hours, four hours of sport. Yeah, we've got plenty of sport, mate, plenty of sport coming up. Um, we're going to catch up with a former Scotland international, uh, Brendan Laney, after yep. after seven o'clock, because uh, the Scots did put one on the Poms, first round of the uh, other Six Nations again. Second second win at Twickenham form too, yeah, like, uh, mate, some, some good tries too. I watched uh, the highlights of that game and... They've come in the Scottish and really dealt to uh, to, to Steve Borthwick's first first team English team um, at Twickenham, which is a big one for them. Yeah, it's an interesting. It was interesting to see how that was going to go, but I mean the the, uh, the tries that the Scots scored, especially was it Dwayne Van der Merwe? Van der Merwe, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean he, they called it. Uh, I think the, the the UK press get excited, but it was a great try over over from over halfway. They they said he jonered the English. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, yeah, I read. I read that comment too. It was like Jonah Lomu. It was a. It wasn't like Jonah Lomu because there was only one Jonah. Um, but it was a very good try. He's got. He's got the ball back off a, a turnover, and um, like you said, he's gone from sixty, and the defence was average, but his movement was very good. Like he's he. he he got to the inside shoulders a couple of times. and beat about six blokes. So um, you like seeing you like seeing tries like that being yeah, scored. You do, and it was it was less. Uh, you know, Jonah used him as a front doormat, uh, and there was a lot of body swerving there. Right, he was making guys miss. That's right, and he wasn't going over the top of them. He was, you know, he was he was beating them with good footwork and movement. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with the English. You know, Eddie Jones would be sitting in his. Uh, in his in his bar in Aussie with a schooner, just with a, I think with a slow smile on his face. Yeah, he will be. He will be. I tell you what, he won't be happy with, mate. I don't know if you've seen this story. There's a young bloke grew up in um, in Australia in Ipswich, um, in Queensland, named Manny Mirfo. He is 145 kilos, 2.02 meters. He's playing for Toulouse at the moment. Eddie Jones rang him up, said, "Mate, 
do you want to come play for Aussie? Just and like he's that. like, and he's like, nah, bro. Uh, Aussie rugby did me bad, so uh, I'm playing for France. <laughs> 145 kilo, 2.02 2 meters. You reckon we might see him at the yeah, World Cup or the NFL? Another yeah. Jordan Mialata knee. Yeah. So he's heading. He's heading over to the the NFL after um, Jordan's shown that you can go from the NRL straight to to a Super Bowl. So um, yeah, big man. I was talking. To, I was talking to the guy uh, yesterday about Joe Parker. Same mm. sort of thing, you know. Like talking. We're talking about heavyweights and boxing. Yeah. And I said, you know, for me, I just don't see Joseph as a heavyweight when you put him up against the likes of um, Tyson Fury, you know, and just height, size, reach. Joseph sort of doesn't hit those. those yeah, um, but who does? That's the question. Well, eh? I mean, yeah. Because he's even well, bigger than Joshua. He's bigger than um, well, uh, Usyk. Usyk, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's bigger than all of them. So that was confirmed on the weekend too. Um, Tyson Fury Usyk was confirmed. I'm just waiting for a venue. Was that 29th of April? Yeah, that's going to be huge. That is going to be absolutely massive, that, because once you get that done, and I think, like, you know, I know what your thoughts on this are, Kempi, but I'll, I'll give you mine. The way that Usyk beat Joshua was that he was, he's got great feet, he's got fast hands. Uh, Joshua tends to be a bit static. He doesn't move that well. Um, and Tyson Fury is the same guy, but bigger. And you know the old adage, a good big man will beat a good small man. So mm. I think Tyson Fury wins that. 100%. I do too. I think, uh, you know, they're two different boxers, Joshua and, and Fury. And Fury is a boxer. He's a he's a specialist, you know, and he can move. He can, And you're right with Dusik. He can move and he, and he just outboxed Joshua, mm. as we saw twice. Um, I, I think he's a, up against a different contender with Fury. Yeah, 100%. Now, I, th- I think... If you're Fury, if you're if you're advising Fury, you're going well. You have to take Usyk, right? Because you mm. have to get all the belts. Once you got all the belts, what you got to hope for is that Anthony Joshua goes and beats a couple of people to and make that fight look good again. Yeah, and then that's your money fight, and then you go out on that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's not much more for him to do. No, he's you beating know, everyone. It's right, and he's you know he's sitting there and he's he's walking the the talk. You know, he's saying that he's the best in the world and. He's some of the some of the way he carries on about Usyk, you know, about the little man and this and that, and I just like him. I think he's a real the theatre around Tyson Fury is is uh, second to none. Yeah, so I, I can't. I, I'm picking that the the fight goes to Saudi Arabia. I'm picking that would make sense. That, that's where they'll probably go um, to fight it. But what what I like uh, when I heard on the weekend was that uh, they they'd agreed on a date. And now we can look forward to look forward to that uh, fight actually happening. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, get those uh, get those two together in the ring, and you know I think it just clears up boxing. Mm. You know, and that's the other that's the other reason that I think Parker. You know, people say, oh, you know, he's now lost three fights. It's like I think gone are the days where boxers could not afford to lose more than one mm. because I think everybody's beating everybody. And once Fury beats us. Fury beats Usyk, then probably beats Joshua, and then retires. Mm. It's all to play for, and everybody in that division is going to have two or three losses. Yeah, and and, heavy, and heavyweight's finally back. You know, like the heavyweight division is finally back, where they've got genuine contenders to box. And Joseph Parker's timing's just you know he's in he's in this division with so many good boxers going around at the moment. So look, I I, I agree with you. I I just. What we saw last time um, out when he was up against someone that was bigger than him, he struggled a little bit. I think once you step up to that level, um, he's always going to struggle, Joseph. But, you know, you never know. One punch changes, you know, changes lives. You know, he might sneak one in somewhere along the line there and we might see Joe 
actually get another title because that's still you know part of his part of his goals as, as he's been saying. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I think you know what we saw from him when he first started working with Andy Lee mm. was he got more mongrel about him. Like you know, you know when I, I remember talking to Duco events years ago when Joe was coming through and they were talking about you know oh, he's just Joseph Parker. He needs a nickname. Everybody's got a nickname in boxing. And they were toying with Gentleman Joseph Parker, going old school like they did mm. in the 30s. But they decided just to stick with Joseph Parker. But that sort of summed them up quite well. And, and what you've seen under Andy Lee is they've put a bit more mongrel in him. He said, and, I, and I'm trying to remember, was it him? Oh, David Nika, one of the two, because they were both training together with Andy Lee and Tyson. And they and they said, you know, the thing is that when those guys get in the ring, they want to hurt the opponent. Mm. Like we just want to outbox them, but they want to hurt them. Mm. And that is the difference in mentality. Does Joe have the ability to hurt big guys? Yeah, and and that's the question for me. Mm. Like you know, when he gets in there, and you know, Tyson's in at six foot nine and. 125 kilos, you know, can he actually get in there and hurt people? Because as you know, in, the, in those divisions, that's why there's so many divisions, the size makes a hell of a difference. And I think that's where not only does Tyson get Usyk through boxing, but if he does start hitting him, he's going to hurt him. Yeah, exactly. He, I mean, he's got such heavy hands, you yeah. know, and we've seen that. Uh, you know, and it, it's the way that the division's gone. I mean, the thing that I think Tyson Fury did was he rescued the heavyweight division by taking the Klitschko's out, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, but... If you look now, you go, who's who's your favourite heavyweight of all time? Well, it's always been Muhammad Ali. Yeah, right. You know, Mah- my, Muhammad my, Ali my, would have to be a cruiserweight in today's, today's equation. He wouldn't be big enough. No. Like, you think about that. Yeah. Tyson Fury, Mike Tyson. Like, yeah. them, them against each other is David and Goliath. You know, mm. so... Um, you look at Muhammad Ali. You try. You're trying to say, well, who who boxes the best? Who fights the best? You've got so many different... You know, top, Mike Tyson, for instance... And you look at him and Holyfield and how they are today, like Mike Tyson's, he's sort of, he never got hit that often. No. You know what I mean? Because he was just knocking people out left, right and centre, whereas Holyfield was a scrapper. And you see that, that, them, them, that re, well, his recent, his recent exhibition was, was really sad, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that guy should not be fighting. He should not be fighting no more. No, that's right. And, and you're dead right. The, if you look at, oh, it's a, I'll, I'll tell you what, heavyweight chat, like when sitting with my dad, when my, me and my dad, when I was a kid watching, he used to love the heavyweight division. It was Joe Frazier, um, George Foreman, Muhammad Ali. Then you had Marvin Hagler, uh, Thomas Thomas Hearns, Robert Duran. You yeah. know what I mean? You had well, so, many, well. so many, so um, many good fights on New Zealand TV. Yeah, and it was all free to air back in the day. Obviously, we didn't have pay TV. We had, well, mate, well, to be honest, Tyson, we had one channel. I rem- <laughs> Let's be honest. I remember, I remember running, um, running home to watch Mike Tyson box. Yeah, like when he, you know, you're watching this kid come through and he walks out against Trevor Burbick in his black gear, and, you know, and the talk was, you know, he's going to get fined for wearing the same gear as Trevor Burbick. I was going. Trevor Burbick, he ain't even going to see that fight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get knocked out, and it was like taking that title. Um, Oh, one of one of the great fights I've ever seen. You know, he just went in there and dominated Burbick from from the from the get go. So uh, it's a really cool conversation. Like, who's the best in in your lifetime? I'd reckon. I reckon you couldn't name one. Mm, you couldn't name one because you you name ten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like like you said, you know, I remember watching uh, the No Mask fight. You know, when Roberto Duran quit against Sugar Ray Leonard because he couldn't hit him. Mm. Like, because Leonard was just so quick. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, Duran and uh, 
had previously beaten Leonard, and then you know Hearns and Hagler, the, the battles that they—I think they had a trilogy, didn't they? That's you know, and you go back and watch those on YouTube. You just you're going, well, you know, like, unbelievable. We're not even talking about Manny Pacquiao. No, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and he's come back in his last exhibition to tell them up. You know what I mean? Or Floyd Mayweather, for that matter. Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, there's just oh, honestly the bo- the boxing. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great conversation, and it's really it's really hard to settle. It's like me, like I look at Tyson Fury, mm. you know what I mean? That that adage, you know, built like Tarzan, plays like Jane. Yeah, like he doesn't even look like a boxer, mate. No, you know what I mean? You 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 say you don't know boxing at all. You put Anthony Joshua stand up in a ring, and you put Tyson. You don't know you 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 don't even know them, okay? And you look at them and you go, who wins that fight? Every, I'll tell you, nine times out of ten, people are going to go Anthony Joshua. Because he looks like a looks like a boxer. Because he got looks the body. like a boxer. Yeah, you know what I mean. But Tyson Fury, he's just one of those guys is out of the box, and um, yeah, I don't. I, I'm looking forward to the fight with Usyk. I think I think Tyson Fury gets him. Um, I know Usyk is a is a dead set specialist boxer and is gonna be there right right till the end. But I just don't think he's got the the size and the patience to beat Tyson, who's a boxer. Mm. Yeah, no, I think I hundred percent agree with you. Uh, Tyson's a real student of the of, of the art too, right? He's grown up in it. His dad was a boxer. Did all the um, you know his, his whole family come Tommy from a Fury's background. Tommy Fury's fighting Jake Paul. Yeah, see that stand off in the ring the, on the weekend. Yeah, mate, I'll tell you what, they don't like each other. I hope Tommy Fury wins. Yeah. I, and I, think I hope Jake Paul doesn't get to Tommy Fury and pay him off. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, because Jake Fury, uh, Jake Fury, Jake. Um, Paul, if you look at the fights he's had, you know, um, s- some of those guys, uh, Ben Askren, um, Tyron Woodley, none of those guys are knockout punches. And most of those guys, those ex-MMA fighters, are either old or restless, not not, not, not strikers. No. So, yeah, I want to see him fight a striker and get absolutely done. But I think that's part of why he works is because he's so unlikable. People want to buy those fights just to see him get punched of in the course. face. Of course. Yeah, of course. And he's, he, he's making... Pl- He's making plenty with people that don't like him. Um, but you're dead right. You know, Tommy Fury's a different uh, uh, proposition. You know, can box. So, but the, 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 always the question is, is he going to box? Mm. You know, is this, is this, a, is this a Jake Paul um, another show or is it actually a proper boxing match? Hopefully. We see it's a proper boxing match. That's what we want to see. Uh, This is Breakfast on SCNZ. It is Kempi and Ricardo for Breakfast. You'll be back with us uh, tomorrow. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Now, time for our can't wait question of the day, Kempi. And I know this one's close to your heart. We finally have a big NRL um, weekend in New Zealand. uh, and, And that we've got the Indigenous All Stars match. Right against the Māori All Stars at Rotorua this weekend, uh, but all of a sudden we are seeing players pulling out with. I'm doing the inverted commas in the year <laughs> injuries. Um, apparently, Big Nelson, a soft Solomon, got bitten by one of his dogs. Um, <laughs> there's all sorts going on. Dejan Arsi, Joey Manu, Stafford Tour, Jared Wairua Hargreaves, Nelson, a soft Solomon. Uh, Dallin Watini Zalesniak, Josh Adokar are among some that have already pulled out. So the question I have for you, this is our can't wait question of the day. Are these legitimate that these guys are pulling out? Is it pressure from the clubs to say, we don't want you playing in this game? Or is this the start of the player strike? What do you think, Kempe? 8833 is our text number, the Temper Bedpost text machine. But what do you reckon, Kempe? 
Oh, look, I, I, I don't think that it's legit, legitimate. If that's the question, is it legitimate? The answer's no. Um, it was always going to be... The, see, what people have forgotten, that players have only been back uh, since the Christmas break, a lot of them, because they've been to the World Cup. Mm. You can add Latrell Mitchell and, and Jack White to that. They're not going to be playing. <laughs> no. you know, not after their weekend of scuffling with the police in Canberra. Yeah. Um, people don't know whether they're fighting each other or fighting other people, but... Um, you can add those two because I'll get pulled out by the clubs. They'll be they'll be answering some integrity issues that are over there at the moment. But it's really it's it's, it's really sad, you know. Like you finally get this game to New Zealand, mm. so they go right, you know, um, because of what the Warriors have done over the last three years, we're going to bring a game to New Zealand. We're going to bring the um, All Stars game, which is a great concept. They've got that right, great concept. They can bring it to the bring it to New Zealand, and then they don't go and, and sort the CBA out. And I don't think it's just because um, players don't want to come here. I think that clubs are saying, well, you're not coming here because there's insurance problems, there's CBA issues, uh, we're not going to risk you, we need you for the start of the season, you haven't been training for since after Christmas, and you're not ready to mm. go out there and play. Um, and the sad thing about that is we've got this wonderful game, we're not going to have the best players to look at. We're mm. not going to have the best Indigenous stars, yeah. and we already know that we've got, you know, close to 10 of our first um, choice Māori boys not playing. So now it's becoming a bit of a reserve grade match. Yeah, and you don't want to see that, you know. You want you want this to be a celebration on Rotorua this weekend. It was I was really looking forward to this, mate. And, mm. you know, I think it's a real pity for New Zealand Rugby League. But keen to hear from you. Double eight, double three. that is the temper bedpost text machine. Send us your thoughts, the can't wait question of the day. Are these Rugby League injuries legit? Or is this the start of the player strike? What do you think? Double eight, double three. You're listening to Kempi and Ricardo for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. This is breakfast with Izzy and Kempi Ricardo in uh, this morning. It is uh, six twenty-six. Our can't wait question of the day: the NRL All Stars. So many players pulling out. Is this legit, or is it the start of the player strike? Let us know what you think. Double eight, double three is the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body, so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Or you can call us anytime. The Kennards Hire phone line. Uh, Kennards Hire is hiring big. Visit kennardshire.co.nz 0800 150 811. 0800 Let us know what you think on that. And actually on the the Latrell Mitchell, Jake, uh, Jack White, and thing, what are you hearing, Kempe? You've got you got sources, mate. What are you hearing about that? Uh, just, the, you know, boys, boys being boys. And, you know, the one thing that I, um, when the question was raised, you know, what's your thoughts? It's like there needs to be something done around drugs and alcohol mm. you know what I mean especially in the off season yeah um, and there has to be a policy and clubs need to drive this because you can drive this home you know you, you can actually draw the clubs can drive this home um, take salaries off players and for for um, types of I, I guess incidences like the one on Saturday like that, that video going around of Latrell Mitchell being arrested um, four cops all over him, you know, screaming out, saying that they're hurting my shoulders. Well, mate, they're hurting your shoulders because you 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 shouldn't be in that position, mm. you know. And if I was a coach and I'm paying this kid a million dollars to to represent my club, I'll be pretty disappointed. So the 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 um, spot that I got to was, well, you're talking the CBA at the moment. What the NRL should be demanding of the clubs is to have policy around drugs and alcohol and and to drive it themselves, you know, not the integrity unit. You know, if there's an integrity unit, that's fine. But really, it starts in your in your in your home, doesn't it? 
it your, does. And your home is South, and your home is Canberra. They're the people that are really getting hurt. Your supporters, you know, they're watching this sort of stuff all over the the internet. So um, whether they're fighting each other or or fighting or getting, you know, the other thing about that too, Ricardo, and and I see this all the time, you know, and, and being a being a part of it is that when you're when you've got a profile and you go out, people look are looking for you. Mm-hmm. They 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 are actually looking. There's some real idiots out there, you know, that will that can wind people up, and it happens all the time. Like, don't put yourself in that situation. Seriously, you know, like just if Latrell Mitchell and Jack White walked into a bar, of course people are going to want to talk to them. They're, they're superstars, yeah. You know, and if you don't have a policy around alcohol and and drugs, and you start you've had too many beers, then one thing leads to another, and you find yourself being um, attacked by four cops and put put handcuffs on you because you're doing doing something wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the other thing too that I would say is that this is pre season; it's not off season. Right, it's so, a silly season. You know, it happens every year. But if you, I mean, like I would, if you want to go out and have a few beers, I don't have an issue with that. But if you're a professional athlete and you're in preseason, that's not the time to go out and have a few beers. You know what I mean? You don't see this, for example, in European football, right? You don't see you don't see those guys when they're in preseason going out on the raz. No. They don't do it. They just like most of them don't drink during the season. No, and they'll have a few in the off season. You know. And and the other part of, of this is that you know um, Demetrio has come out for South Sydney and said that Latrell Mitchell's the fittest he's ever seen. He's had a massive off season, and the next minute you've got him him and Jack White holding beers and partying down in Canberra. It's that doesn't make sense, you know. And um, I I don't think it'll be the end of it. I think I think there are going to be some some repercussions from this. Um, Come out, whether it be their self self say something or do something. Cameron, you know, Rick would be pretty disappointed with Jack Martin as well. But um, I think collectively, when you're talking about the CBA, because a big issue at the moment is the CBA. Yeah. You know, it's a lockout. They can't get they can't get a deal done. And talking about the Maori um, Indigenous game this week, I don't think it goes ahead because I think the players strike. Um, trials kick off on Thursday night. You know yeah. what I mean? This Thursday, you've got the Warriors playing the Tigers. So it's a um, it's something that should be put in the CBA. Like you're talking about, give us. Because if I was, so, you know, devil's advocate, if I'm Volandes, I'm mm. sitting there and going, well, I want this put into the CBA about alcohol and drugs, yeah. you know, and I, and I want, I want termination, you know, if like, if you're going to, if you're going to bring the brand into disrepute, I want termination of contracts, you know, you, you only have to do it once, but blokes will go, seriously, am I going to go out there and have a beer and get locked up the night before and, and take the game into, into disrepute over, over a week, you know, that, that. That video only came out this morning. It happened two days ago. People got phones. They take yeah. videos. You know what I mean? It's just I find it really disappointing that rugby league drags itself through the gutter every off season. Yep. No, I hundred percent agree with you because they do. I mean, like you know, it's it's kind of a joke that rugby league is a soap opera that even when it's the off season, there's always news, right? Because of that, because of that very reason. But that's the other thing you just touched on it, right? The CBA, the way that's dragging on. I would say if you canvassed NRL fans a week ago about which side they were on, they would have all said the players' side, right? Because yeah. yeah, now you're giving Volandis and the NRL ammunition. A hundred percent. Like Clint Newton be pulling his hair out. Yeah. Like he's sitting in a room with um, Abdo all week since they reckon four days they've sitting in a room together, nutting stuff out, and then this comes out on Saturday night. It's like... You couldn't, and not only that, but they're two senior players. They play for Australia. They play State of Origin. You know, you know what? The first thing I'd be doing 
is if you really want to, you know, where do they make, I mean, how much money is Origin worth to these guys, right? Well, not just the pride of the jersey, but it pays really, really well. I just go, you know what? You two blokes aren't, aren't eligible for Origin this season. But that's what I mean around policy. Yeah. So you, you only have to make policy criteria and and an action around a, um, this type of um, action that they've, they've, that they've created, which is a, a disrepute, and it won't happen. Like players will then go, well, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to lose that? Yeah. You know, am I going to lose half of my contract? You know, don't find him ten, fifteen thousand dollars. The guy's on one point two million dollars. Yeah. It's like probably it's like finding it's like finding you twenty bucks. He probably spent that on Saturday night. You know, you know what I mean? It's just like make make some. There's if there's a if there's a certain repercussion. Yeah. That they they look at and go, actually, that's really serious. You'll change mindsets. Yeah, you will. You will keep us updated on your thoughts on that. Double eight, double three, the temper bed post text machine. Hey, I tell you the other thing, Kempi. Are you are you a Valentine's kind of guy, mate? We're only we're only what are we eight days out? Just over a week out. I'm a I'm a I'm a closet romantic. Yeah, Yeah. I got to say that. I, I. Look, I'm going to be honest, Riccardo, they asked me what date's Valentine's Day last week, as he threw me under the bus. <laughs> I said 14th of December. Yeah, well, you were close. It was the 14th or something. I'll give you that. You're yeah. one in 12, I'll mate, t- one in 12. I'll tell you what, Christmas, the Christmas period is a nightmare for me. I have, so I have Christmas Day, my son's birthday's on the 28th, um, then it's my daughter's birthday in January, alongside my birthday, my wife's, it was yet on Saturday. It's just like... Looking at the bank account, going, "Oh my God, this is the worst time of the year." Yeah, mate. And then, and then you get, and then just remind me, remind me, it's Valentine's Day. Valentine's I, I Day. Hope, I hope uh, Jay's still asleep. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, if if, if you're like Kempy and uh, the bank account's looking a bit bare after uh, Christmas and family birthdays and everything that we have just had, uh, you can get uh, Valentine's Day sorted with a celebration box. Enter now to go in the draw and win one of four gift boxes for Valentine's Day celebration box, delivering gift boxes, flowers, and sweet treats nationwide. Celebrationbox.co.nz. Uh, you can text double eight double three for that. Double eight double three. When we come back, we'll have news headlines for you. Uh, we've got some uh, headlines for you. Kennard's Hire is hiring big. Visit kennardshire.co.nz. Uh, in the Six Nations this morning, uh, the Italians have uh, pushed the French really close. Uh, this was this game was in Italy. Uh, it ran out France 29, Italy 24. But, man, it was a tight, tight run thing, and the Italians actually led 24-22 late in the game. Uh, the other games, which were yesterday, the Irish beat up on the Welsh in Cardiff 34 to 10 and uh, Scotland beat England 29-23 at Twickenham, back-to-back wins at Twickenham for the Scots, uh, it's the first time that's happened I believe since the early 70s uh, so yeah, something to keep an eye on there uh, with the Six Nations back, in fact after 7 o'clock Brendan Laney, former Scotland international is going to join us to talk about that and the English Premier League Nottingham Forest have eased their relegation woes with a 1-0 win over Leeds. They are now up to 13th and well away from the relegation zone. And there is a live match underway at the moment too. Tottenham Hotspur currently lead Manchester City by a goal to nil 10 minutes into the second half there. And uh, Harry Kane scored in the first half. That means he now has 267 goals for Tottenham in his career. He is Tottenham's all-time leading goal scorer now. He's just overtaken the late, great Jimmy Greaves for Tottenham. Uh, In basketball news, uh, Brooklyn Nets star, in inverted commas, Kyrie Irving, uh, he's put in a trade request. And 
They reckon he's going to LA. Yeah, well, the Clippers are in, and so are the Lakers. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a battle of LA for Kyrie Irving, who sounds like a nightmare to manage, to be fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's now told the Brooklyn Nets he's got a sore calf and can't play. Oh, oh what a what a surprise. Legitimate? Uh, yeah, yeah, mate, about as, about as legitimate as Nelson Asafamona's a dog bite, I reckon. Yeah. Um, and Steph Curry is going to have to have an MRI on an injured knee. He limped out of the win versus the Mavs in the third quarter yesterday. He's only just back from about six weeks out with a, with a knee injury, so hopefully not too uh, serious for Steph Curry. Those are some news headlines for you. Thanks to Kenna Tire. It is hiring big. There's roles to suit everyone available right now. Visit kenatire.co.nz. Up next, it's time for Quizzy Kempe. Take on our Quizmaster, <laughs> and you could win a Musashi prize pack worth 50 bucks. Call now 0800-150-811. 0800-150-811. on. This is how you do it, Quizzy that can play it. This is how we do it, Quizzy that can play it. Quizzes on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, DIB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, the phone lines are heated up and. Uh... We're going to call him. Are we going to call you Ed from Tolaga Bay, or are we going to call you Ed from Onehunga? Morning, Ed. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Mangry right now on the job, being up some street. <laughs> How was your weekend, Ed? Did you, did you, get, did you get on Kiwi Man? No, but um, the cousin did. Oh, that's no, nice. man, I've been working all weekend. Oh, good one. Keep it, keeping us all going, eh? All right, that. Yeah, we got a few exports keeping the country alive. A few imports, yeah, all good. Keep the boys in, uh, you know. Oh, oh well, let's see if we can get you some masashi, eh? Let's uh, let's get it. Let's hook into it. What position in the table have the New Zealand Breakers finished the regular season in? After them, yes, bang, second, dead right. Question number two: Which city will host the NRL All Stars matches this weekend? Oh, is it supposed to be Red Roof? Yeah, yeah. We'll have we'll have a bell come eventually when Joe wakes up in the kitchen. Ding. No, sorry, my hey, my, bun, my bun bar's broken. Ding. <laughs> Question number three, Ed. You're on a you're on a heater. Scotland beat England 29-23 at Twickenham yesterday. And if you were listening to Ricardo, how many wins in a row versus England have they had at Twickenham? That's the second. Correct. Correct. Ding. And their third third win in a row. Oh, man, I was waiting for the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, two to go Two to go for Fiverr Fiverr after losing 3-0 to Wolves In the Premier League yesterday Where do Liverpool sit in the table? Ooh, this is a toughie Which table? The EPL? Yep, the Premier League table Oh, shucks The EPL table, I don't know um, Man, maybe they're about Seven? Ooh. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Never mind All good, Unlucky, Ed. have a good day, brother all right, we're going to go to Uncle Brett and Huntley Morena. 
Well, Murray in the bay, oh, she's raining down here too, Cuzzy. Is it? Oh, yeah, it came in about, nine, came in about <laughs> 9 o'clock last night, actually, up here in Tamaki. So, uh, yeah, we've had plenty of that. It's been a beautiful, wet, beautifully wet summer. Beautifully wet summer. Liquid sunshine. <laughs> what's that? What's that bright yellow? I'm walking down the road yesterday, Brett, with my, with my partner, and she goes, what's that? bright yellow thing up there in the sky. Must go and how do you do him someday? I was going, I started looking around, I was thinking, because you know, that, that China balloon that was going yeah, on, yeah. I was thinking, and I looked up and I just started laughing, <laughs> it's the sun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> after losing 3-0 th- to Wolves in the Premier League yesterday, where do Liverpool sit in the table? Take that tenth. Bing! <laughs> Unlucky Kezza. <laughs> Unlucky Kez. Here we go. The Warriors play the first preseason match this week. And if you're listening this morning, against who? Uh, the Pikes. There you go. Bing! There you go. Do, 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 do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all good, man. Uh, thanks to Chemist Warehouse. We've got a, uh, a Masashi pack uh, for you, uh, Brett, so uh, you can you can get all, all ripped uh, heading into, into winter, which is exactly what you want, right? Oh, it must be shredgery. Shredgery, you reckon? <laughs> shredgery. Yeah, so thanks to Chemist Warehouse, we've got uh, one of these Musashi prize packs to give you, buddy. And uh, it's, uh, they call it a Fitzpo pack. Fitzpo. So, uh, that, that, is that what? Fitzport, maybe? Something like that? No, I've got no, no, no idea. Fitzpo. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Anyway, brother, we'll get that out to you, eh? And shout out to Uncle Kempe for Kiwi Man. Yeah. Man, all right, Kempe. Oh, yeah. How Question good is all, that? all over it. Question Good for man. you, is Kiwi Man named after Dwayne? <laughs> or would that be Tongan Man then? <laughs> I actually did <laughs> like the name too. Man after <laughs> man. I'll make the tweets that were coming through. There was a few on it, Uncle. There was a few on it with us. So uh, it got well, started the weekend. Punching, I got on it as soon as you gave it up then. Yeah, I think it punched into about three bucks. So I was like, got to be early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I paid six on the tote. So if Ooh. you stayed on it, just Ooh. on the tote, paid $6.10. Nah, I think I got four, four, I think. Oh, nice. Well, I'll have keep listening because I'll have another one for you today. The one that we did with gave Paulie Mawati. He can't find it, but he will know it today because it jumps today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Actually, uh, speaking of um, racing, mate, you've got a, a Love Racing update for us, Kimping. Uh, thanks to loveracing.nz for your thoroughbred racing news, previews, replays, profiles, and more. Yes. You want to you want to do that now, Joe? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Sorry, right. I was just going to say I don't have that uh, replay of the Kiwi Man, by the way. Even though I told you I did, because um, your I've button got a bar's bo- not working. Your button, but, your but, button bar's gone down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your button bar's gone down. Yeah. Okay. Well, six fifty-two a.m. So call any time on Kennard's high phone line 0800-150-811, Love Racing New Zealand for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, replays. Profiles and more. It's the Love Racing update with Kempe, and what a wonderful Waitangi weekend. Uh, and we got off to a flying start, like you just heard, to the weekend on Friday with Kiwi Man getting up in the first at Tarapa on Friday, paying six bucks. How good. So plenty of tweets coming through that way for us, uh, Ricardo, from some happy punters. And today, there's racing at uh, Tohurino uh, Nico, and I'll fancy a couple, actually, there today. Um, so I'm going to put together a little multi. Uh, so get your pens handy right. uh, and, and get ready handy. to text it in. Okay. Uh, I've, got, I've got some bully down at the... Uh, uh, Karaka sales last week from from one of these uh, first first starters. So uh, Opie's heading down to um, the races today. He's got on a couple of first starters. I like race two number four for you. 
De Campo for walk, um, Mark Walker in the Tangerine Army, uh, jumping in in race two. Uh, got Opie aboard, Sever Beal Philly. It's won its only trial. It's opened at $2.50. It's already into $2.30. Uh, and there's been some talk about this one here. Race four, number 10, La Bella um, Grande. Uh, against Drawn Barrier 3. It was uh, got Opie on board again, open at 360, it's into 270. So someone's had a plunge in on that one. And it's another first starter winning its only trial. So uh, it's a Per and Canto mare, having won its only one. It looks like the one to beat. So here on a Waitangi full up, I've gone race two, number four, Pier De, Ca- uh, De Campo into race four, number 10, La Bella Grande, currently six bucks. The multi, I love those $6 multis. Uh, remember, gamble responsi- uh, responsibly. And that's our Love Ray- Racing update. loveracing.nz for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, replays, profiles and more. All right. Uh, coming up on the show after 7 o'clock, uh, former Scotland international Brendan Laney is going to join us. We're going to be talking Six Nations footy with him. Uh, we've got Kempi off the back fence as well. Wait till you hear this one. Uh, we'll have some more updates on sports news for you and uh, we've got Andy Murray coming on the show Kimpy did I tell you nice yeah Andy Murray 442 uh, football journalist <laughs> not the tennis player uh, but <laughs> he's coming on, he's coming on at about a quarter to eight to talk uh, Premier League because we should have a, a full-time result in this Tottenham uh, versus uh, Man City game by then as well after eight o'clock Dion Ibrahim the Otago Volts coach they've been going great guns uh, they, they play Canterbury today they win that they get to host the they final they get to host the home the the home final. Yep, so looking forward to that. Uh, and then uh, we've also got plenty of time for your calls as well on 0800 150 811. And after 9 o'clock, we're going to talk some tennis with Alistair Hunt, the Davis Cup, uh, New Zealand team taking on Bulgaria uh, in Christchurch. So we'll get uh, layers from Alistair Hunt on that. That is wall to come here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Uh, normally, Around now we have news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. But there's no araha today because we gave her Waitangi Day off. So I'm just going to do the plug for Kubota because I love tractors. <laughs> uh, we got Brenda Lady coming up real and soon mowers. on SCNZ. <laughs> this is SCNZ. It is uh, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. On your Waitangi morning, Ricardo in for Izzy this morning. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with all the live sport that is currently going on. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur lead Manchester City by a goal to nil with about 15 minutes to play in that one. Also in the uh, Bundesliga. Bundesliga, see I did the German accent there? Bundesliga. Um, Bundesliga. Uh, uh, Bayern lead Wolfsburg 3 1. Uh, this in Wolfsburg. But Bayern have had uh, Joshua Kimmich sent off. So uh, this could be anything now with uh, still 20 minutes to go. Uh, so we'll keep you up to date with those. Uh, just uh, not long ago finished in the Six Nations, excuse me, uh, France have come from 24-22 down to beat Italy 29-24. Uh, so not all going right for the French. Although I have a memory that, you might remember this, Kempi, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that last Six Nations, the game was in France and Italy held France was really tight for about an hour and then France cleared away and everybody went, oh, maybe the Italians will be better this season. Yeah. They always seem to go right against France and then shit the bed against everyone else. That's it. That's it. Um, oh, look, they they probably thought, I think it was about 60, the 69th minute, they were still leading 24-22, the Italians. So they, they do play well against the French. And when you're watching the game, though, as we were this morning, the French never looked like losing it. 
they just you know they just took the lead back again and and just you know rode the rode the win out. Yeah, that, this, I reckon this has got to be the first time that I can remember that um, the Six Nations has the number one and two ranked teams in the yeah, world in it. France and Ireland. France and Ireland. Hundred percent. Because normally there's it's either South Africa or New so, Zealand. So yeah, and Ireland have gone gone out and absolutely done a job on uh, Warren Gatlin. He's got a pretty hard job to. To, to bring Wales back to, the, I guess, we we left them, um, but they've come out Ireland and just delivered one on them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're the team, I think, um, that they have to beat in the Six Nations. Yeah, oh, yeah it's going to, I'll tell you what, I mean, the Scots, though, uh, got it getting up over England. We're going to talk to Brendan Laney shortly, but uh, that is the third time in a row Scotland have beaten England now. Mm. So they've held the Calcutta Cup for three years. Beat them at Twickenham, beat them in Edinburgh, beat them beat in Twickenham. Twickenham. Yeah. So that and that, I mean, I think the last time that happened, I think Scotland outsung him apparently, outsung him at Twickenham. Yeah, which massive, absolutely massive. I think last time that Scotland beat England more than three times in a row was like nineteen seventy through to like nineteen seventy four. Mm. So it's a couple of years ago. Gavin Hastings. Yeah, the Hastings boys. Remember Scott and Gavin. Scott and Gavin. Yeah, I, actually, I, I'm pretty sure. That our next guest, the man, well, it depends how you know him, but he's either Chainsaw or Buff, or if you're his mum, he's Brendan. Uh, Brendan Laney joins us, former Scotland international. Uh, <laughs> you would have played with the Hastings boys, wouldn't you, uh, Brendan? No, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> apologies, apologies, my friend. Welcome to the show. I, I feel it this morning. I must admit, waking up. But yeah, no, I, uh, oh, they're a bit before me. Um, but yeah, now two pretty. Uh, Pretty outstanding individuals when they were, uh, when they were running around the Scotland jersey, that's for sure. Yeah, you must be pretty happy that they've gone down there and beaten them twice at Twickenham now for the third third time getting that Calcutta Cup. Oh, it's outstanding, mate. It really is. Like this, this, yeah, that result there, particularly with the way the English guys have, you know, gone through a bit of a change and new coach and, you know, they're expecting big things. Obviously, Eddie Jones leaving the way he did and getting sacked. And, and uh, you know, the, the Twickenham is such a tough place to play. The All Blacks know exactly what, how tough it is. And and for the Scottish boys to go down there and, and, and perform the way they did, and and, and they've said, said themselves, you know, Kitten said after the game that, you know, it wasn't a polished performance by any means. And, and, you know, first game in the Six Nations was always going to be probably a bit like that for both sides, but you know, the win at Twickenham the way they did and uh, and beating the English side at home, Calcutta Cup is, the Calcutta Cup such a different game, it really is, you know, like they get pretty pumped up the Scottish boys for that game and so do the English, but to win that cup at um, down in, um, at home where the English play their, all their games at home at Twickenham is just a massive one, absolutely huge. Yeah, massive and, and it almost feels... Um Brennan, now that like three years in a row, yes, for Scotland, but also outside of the England Scotland, just England and, uh, uh, themselves, maybe a bit of that fear factor's gone for for the Scots when they when it comes to playing England. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Um, look, at the end of the day, they uh, like I said, they they really get up for this game. It's it's. I remember my first test against Scot uh, for Scotland against the All Blacks. The atmosphere in the change rooms compared to the game against England, my first Six Nations game, which was my next test really, um, was just totally different. Um, it's quite quite amazing how pumped up and and full on the guys were when it came to playing against England um, in a Calcutta Cup game. 
Um, you know, it's just uh, their attitude just completely changed. It was quite bizarre, really. It was like um, going out and it really was playing against the old enemy. And, and you know, exactly what it was, it was battle. And the boys got really pumped and, and, and hooked right into it. So, And the emotions involved in it were just second to none. So um, I think you're right, actually, the, the, the fact that they go down there now and, and this is their third win on the top, that, that fifth factor has probably gone a little bit. Um, look, at the end of the day, England will still be England. They're the biggest game of the year for, for the Scottish, um, particularly down in... in uh, uh, at home at Twickenham for them so yeah it's it's probably one of those things I've probably sat there and looked at them and, and, and the way they performed in the two previous tests seven wins um, they're probably going down there and say well we've got nothing to lose here boys we, we know we can beat these guys and um, and how good would it be to do it at home so you know to, to win the way they did um, was just awesome absolutely that, awesome I think they won off the field too Brennan you know with the the I've just looked on Twitter there and there's a there's an interview happening outside the stadium and an English fans jumped in and said, How can we be outsung at home? How can we how can the Scottish yeah. fans outsing us here at Twickenham? So <laughs> they obviously showed up and the passion is um the passion is really strong with the Scottish in that in that sort of I I I call it like a local derby, you know, Scotland, England, uh, Ireland, yeah. England, yeah, the local derbies. But the two tries from Duran Van der Meers, um, especially that one from just over halfway, mate. Is something special? Absolutely outstanding, wasn't it? It was. It was the manner and way it was done too, because it wasn't necessarily a bad kick. It was. It was a kick that was put, you know, for distance, and um, the, the ball just got moved through. I think. I also think it came down to the attitude of the Scottish too. I think the way they played the game, they really tried to stretch the English, and they did it really well. You know, they moved the ball. That's one thing Greg is always. Mm. Greg Townsend's always tried to do, you know, and even when I was playing with Petunia, he he wanted to move the ball around. Sometimes he wasn't that great at it, but he certainly was. He was really good at trying to do it. <laughs> um, and they, and and that's the way they played in the weekend. And and yeah, they moved the English around, and, and it really put put an acid on their defence, and and that gave Van der Meer the opportunity in the way that that really was an outstanding individual try. There's not many guys in world rugby who score tries like that. In a test match, particularly in the Calcutta Cup, Calcutta Cup game, um, he absolutely diddled the half pack. Beautiful step. The, the the number eight coming across to cover um, was you know up high and grabbing, um, and it was a beautiful fend. And and you know it was just a really good try. And his, his other try, I know he got three. But one of the other tries where they moved it pretty much from one side of the field to the other was a was just brilliant. Uh, like I, I, I thought the way they actually attacked the, the English was was really impressive. The other thing that I, I thought uh, was interesting, mate, was we saw this is obviously Steve Borthwick's first game in charge, but it was how he tried to take things back to basics for England, and it didn't really work. And I, now you and I had a conversation yesterday uh, about this, and I think if you're gonna Boil it back to you know take a game back to basics that can work but whatever those basics are you have to be unbeatable at them or you have to be the best in the world at them and at the moment that English type five doesn't look anywhere near close to that. No, right, mate. And and look at them; he'll be trying to put in some systems that that you know put his mark on the team as well. And and yeah, you know, he probably when you look at it, he hasn't had a lot of time to actually do that. Um, okay, he's been involved with the team under Eddie Jones, but Eddie Jones very dictatorial in the way 
he he operated, um, and uh, he, he wanted to, he wanted his team to play his way. So, you know, I'm sure Borthwick's um, got some um, systems and, and and ways that he wants to uh, enforce on this team, and he probably hasn't had a lot of time to do that. In fairness to him, but. You've got to have the cattle too, don't you? Mm. Um, and you know, when you look at some of the um, top five, you know, they've got some of the guys that are supposedly some of the best in the world. They rate Gens right up there. They've got um, obviously Toji as one of the best locks in the world. Um, but you know, they've got to have everyone performing on the day. And I think I, I, I agree. I think that they will probably find out a bit. Um, but it also comes back to the way that the the Scottish guys played. I, I think we've got to give them a hell of a lot of credit with the way that they pushed the ball around and stretched the, the English defence because the the Poms really battled. I think the pace of the game they battled with as well. Um, so that's why it made such a bloody good win over there um, down there. Sorry, because uh, you know, the Poms at home are very very tough to beat, regardless of whether it's the first game of the Six Nations or not. So. Um, you know, he'll be. It's Borthwick will be disappointed with the way that um, they started the game um, and uh, we started this championship because um, the hits keep coming. It's bloody tough comp this one. Mm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, just, just, just. Uh, I think he'll be. He'll be probably more disappointed that, that that some of the stuff that he's tried to implement didn't quite happen. The basics are not. You know, you've you've got to get the, your defence right, and that's certainly defensively. The Scottish really pushed them. The, do you think, Brendan, after watching um, the opening rounds, you've got one and two France and, and Ireland um, getting up, and you know Scotland bring England coming to, coming into the World Cup year? It, it does really show you that anyone on their day, if they're performing, are going to be pretty hard to you know um, pick that winner at the World Cup. Do you see any any changes from that? No, you're right. Uh, I think it's fantastic, really, when you look at the World Cup. This World Cup's probably going to be one of the one of the biggest, um, or if not closest ones. And look, you'd have to say that France, France and Ireland will have to be certainly um, the favourites moving into this World Cup. And, and um, you know, as much as I love watching the All Blacks win, and, and obviously want to see Scotland up there too, it, it's that's what makes the Six Nations so good because it's so close to to the World Cup, really. You know, All Black wise, we've only got a few, a handful of tests when we're warming up to uh, the World Cup um, this year. So, uh, you know, competition-wise, the, the Six Nations are probably going to be a, a touch ahead of us. Um, and, and, you know, this this Irish side's a, a bloody good outfit too. You know, to go, to go to Wales and beat Wales the way they did too, with 40-odd points, that's, that's a massive win at Millennium Stadium for them as well. And it showed you how good they were, being 27 points up um, in the first half. So... It really is. Uh, it's really exciting watching the Six Nations. It, 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 I was lucky enough to plan it, um, but it is a very, very com- good competition, and, and it's the passion and, and, and pride around it as well. And the crowds they get are just just awesome. So, you know, I think I think watching it, your, your Ireland, your, your France, they're certainly the front runners, and um, and then I think you know. The, the results from Scotland certainly put them in the picture as well, so, which is bloody cool. So, um, you know, that, that competition is, is such a tough comp and uh, and it's going to help them out when it comes to World Cup time. So, um, but I, I certainly think that um, your France, and we're, and we're only early doors too, you know, it's only the first match, but still, 
you can see you can see the ones that are, are, are certainly put their hands up to, to be leading it, and that's um, that's France and Ireland. Yeah, France, and they they meet next weekend. They meet next Sunday. Yeah, good. You know, so how yeah, good? And, and Scotland host Wales. Uh, England get a well. I mean, I was going to say get a bit of a gimme. They've got a, they've got Italy at Twickenham, um, but then the Italians put up a pretty good showing against the French earlier this morning. Um, Brendan. You mentioned Scotland. We should talk more about the Scots and give them um, their dues because they, they've played some great footy in the last couple of years. And uh, we also know that uh, Brad Moore, former Crusaders man, former All Blacks uh, assistant, has gone up there to be part of the Six Nations campaign. What do you think he brings to uh, to, to their campaign and to their team? Oh, that, uh, you know, that's exciting for Brad. He's a, he's a good bugger, um, nice fella. Um you know the way things sort of ended up here in, in New Zealand probably wasn't ideal for for him, um, and he just gave them a bit of a different perspective on on a few things. And 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 the techies came from a, a pretty successful background here with the Crusaders. Um, he will have some ideas around how he wants to attack, um, and it'll be good sounding board for Gregor as well. You know, like just a, a different a different set of eyes and ears. Um, and also with the players as well, it's good for them too because it's just a, a different voice. And, and he's obviously a pretty attacking style of coach. Brad, he wants to move the ball around. He wants to see an exciting style of rugby. And I think we saw a bit of that from Scotland. But not in saying it was just purely Brad. Don't get me wrong. They've been playing a wee bit of that style for a wee while. But it'll just it'll just give them a different sort of uh, perspective on on how how rugby can be played and, and it's a different voice so I think um, we've probably seen a little bit of that in this performance this weekend where they're not afraid to move the ball around and and look the Scottish boys they've had they've had a team there with some you know some players who have started getting that 30 40 test back as well um, you know they're getting a, a wee bit of um, time under their belt in the jersey and that's that's a good thing too. It's just experience, so they know when they get in certain situations that, that it's happened before, and this is what we've got to do to to perform. So, um, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed watching it. it. Was it was really cool, um, just purely so not not just for the fact that they won it, but it was the style and the way that, and the way they did it, um, and the some of the players like Van der Muur, you know, three tries, one absolutely outstanding, but two that came out of the team playing really well. So I think that was the exciting part. Now, if you look at the head of the World Cup, you've got France, New Zealand, South Africa, Ireland are all on one side of the draw. And then on the other side, mm. you've got England, who, as we know, are well and, well and truly un, uh, you know, undercooked. You've got the Welsh, who, who look like they're in a rebuild. Uh, you've got the Argentinians, and then you've got the Scots. I mean, are the Scots a smoky for a semi-final? Well, I think, I think really they keep on performing the way they are. Look, look. Uh, there's a big. Uh, this competition's tough. You know, like you said, they're going to play Wales next week. Now, look, if you're looking on performance-wise, you'd have to say that Scotland going into that um, that Welsh Test next week, you know, reasonably um, favourite. Um, but this Six Nations is so tough. You've got to be up. Um, I'm just hope the boys aren't are on the plonk still. Cause, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember we, we, we were reasonably good at celebrating after the game, but hopefully the boys are a bit more professional than we were. But, um, you know, that Welsh team's not a bad side. Um, and they're still finding their feet with, with, with Warren, Warren back in the mix as well. So, 
um, you know, he's not he's not going to go. He's not a guy who's going to want um, his team to be performing the way they did against Ireland again. So um, that test against the Welsh is going to be bloody tough. Um, so you know, they're going to have to really step up. But look, I think they're a team that's playing some really nice rugby. They're shifting the ball, like I said. And a couple of things stuck for them as well, which was really great to watch. And they'll be really bolstered by that. It was there was a bloody good performance, and I think we can underestimate that. But she's a tough old competition, the Six Nations, and um, and uh, it's certainly um, that's what makes it exciting to watch as well. Yeah, and just on that, mate. Lastly, uh, we'll, let, we'll let you go and get the bacon and eggs and the coffee on in a minute. But um, come to the gym, mate. Oh, sorry, dear. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, I've, to be honest, I thought you just finished a ten k run when we got you on because you know this kind of bloke you are. But um, did you not hear me puffing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was just getting to the phone. Um, no, I. Uh, I mean, like we talked about Brad Moore there and what he might add to Scotland and, and things, and it did remind me. When Steve Borthwick was put in charge, or the, the the talk was that he was going to be put in charge of England, I talked to Martin Gillingham, who you'll know is a you know a, com, a well-renowned English commentator on the game, and I also talked uh, to Chris Foy, who's the head rugby writer for the Daily Mail. Neither of them thought it was a good appointment. They both thought it was a backward step for England. Both of them thought they needed somebody from outside the English game. Yeah, totally. We look. We had like I said, we had a chat um, yesterday about that, didn't we? You know. Mm. Like, I think they had a chance to probably shake it up a wee bit. Um, maybe the rugby union wanted someone uh, English been involved with the game. Look, Borthwick's been around England rugby for a long time. He's, he was an outstanding footballer. Um, you know, big tough bugger in the second row, uncompromising. Um, he's obviously been involved with the, with, with the coaching ranks for a while now, and, and they do rate him. But I think they had an opportunity to um, shake it up a bit. Um, you know, Eddie, Eddie certainly was that person. Um, I think he probably outlived his life a little bit. You know, he got 23, 4 years, Eddie, and and, um, and he tends to, to lose his players a little bit or the dressing room. And I don't know whether that has happened, but um, there's certainly um, that, that history uh, has certainly happened before. So I think they had the opportunity to, to put someone in there. And, and, you know, I know we all love to see Razor coach the All Blacks or whoever's doing it, but. That maybe that maybe could have been Razor. Mm. Um, you know, that certainly would have shaken things up a bit. Um, he's uh, played his rugby over in that side of the world when he was playing for Perpignan. He uh, he's certainly one of the uh, what's the word for it? one of the most uh, sought after coaches in world rugby at the moment. And um, you know, he he certainly would have gone on with a completely different perspective than the than the Borthwick. Um, so maybe they did miss an opportunity. Um, it's the yeah, time will tell, I suppose. Um, and his, uh, we'll, we'll raise to get the all that job. Um, that's going to be interesting too. It's a whole other of the conversation. But um, yeah, I think they probably they probably missed an opportunity to to shake it up a bit. So yeah, yeah be interesting to see see how Borthwick does go. Good stuff, Brennan. Thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. We, we won't no let, won't hold you back from throwing some tin around anymore, mate. We'll let you go do that. <laughs> Get into uh, it, boy. And uh, and uh, yeah, I look I look forward to seeing the updates on Facebook, mate. As you as you as you go through the transformation, uh, back to the well, back to the chainsaw of old. Problem is, I go to the wife and she's bloody throws more tin than I do. So, <laughs> anyway, we'll give it a crack.
Craig. Good luck, mate. Go well. Uh, Brendan Loney, former Scotland international uh, and uh, top local round uh, with us talking Six Nations rugby there. It is 7.23 on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast with Ricardo. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. with Tony Kemp. Yeah, I can't wait to get Rick Dogg's take on this one. What a disaster the All Whites coaching saga has become. Not what it has been, but what it's become. After reading the response from the Phoenix regarding the lack of communication between applicant Ufuk Tala and New Zealand football CEO Andrew Pragnell, you quickly begin to realise that New Zealand football is in crisis mode. John Herdman, the current coach of the Canadians men's team and former employee of New Zealand football was apparently the preferred All Whites coach and was on his way back to the shores. Apparently, I put that down until we know John Herdman came out himself and said, no, no, I've got work to do up here in Canada. I ain't coming down there. But what has transpired is a Keystone Cop series of he said, we said events that has portrayed New Zealand football as amateurish and lacking a total understanding of best practice. So who's at fault? For me, it has to lie squarely at the feet of the CEO. With the poor handling of Ufuk um, and the coach having to be domiciled in Auckland, in his own words, that ship has sailed. Now they are left out on a limb. First the mishandling of Danny Hay, who should be the coach, and now this. It's only February and I'm sniffing another one of those Sport New Zealand reviews, wasting more money and delivering no outcomes. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah. Nicely said, Kempy. Nicely said. I, I did get this from uh, a friend of mine who uh, is in the know, shall we say, a source. Mm-hmm. He said John Herdman didn't apply. <laughs> he got approached by a recruiter and said he was interested and then basically played New Zealand football and got a four-year extension with Canada. It was never going to happen. It's a joke. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you talk about Ufuk Tele. Yeah, Ufuk Tele has come out and said, I mean, I had David Dome on Phoenix Nation the other day. Mm. He said, no, nah, that ship sailed, mate. Ufuk's not not going to be bridesmaid for anyone. Um, he's not interested anymore. Not, uh, not, not with the way that he's been treated. Like, no. You, you listen to, to um, the Phoenix and, and, and Mr. Dome talk about, you know, a New Zealand football CEO that hasn't even been down to the facility. Oh, mate, honestly. Uh, look, look I, I, I don't get that. I thought the previous CEO was the worst thing that had ever happened in New Zealand football and Andy Martin, and I couldn't uh, I, I couldn't be happier when they got rid. Uh, and I thought Andrew Pragnell was going to be a breath of fresh air, but honestly, he's been a bit the invisible man. Mm. You know, uh, I mean, the guy's a sports lawyer. He led the independent review that got rid of Andy Martin, and then they put him in charge, and I thought, <laughs> perfect, he's the right guy. He knows what's been going wrong. Um but, you know, I, this season, gone, I've been at the Chatham Cup final, the Kate Shepherd Cup final, the Men's National League final, the Women's National League final. I didn't see him at any of them. Mm. You know, you have dignitaries on the field for the prize giving, the cups and the medals, no sign. He should be out there. He should be out there. He's of course a, he should he's be. A, he's the face of the game. And if, and if he doesn't want to be out there, then their board needs to step up. Mm, yeah. You know, so, like he was, he was saying that the board have all been down there and been through the place. Like, yep. well, who are you paying? 
you're not, you know, yeah, you get an honorarium, but you're paying a CEO to run the game of football. He needs to be in the Phoenix. And he, that's where all our best players are. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, that's that is the pathway. It's our only professional club, right? So, yeah, one hundred percent. That is something they need. I mean, there's always been it's always been fracturous between the Phoenix and New Zealand football, and I think that all comes down to money. You know, New Zealand football are like, well, you're a professional outfit, so you should pay for this, and Phoenix are like, well, and we're developing your players, so you should pay for some of it. And that's where the the amateur game and the professional game are misunderstood. You know what I mean? The same, the same thing happens in rugby league, same thing happens in rugby union. You can't have one without the other. Mm, they actually exactly. work in tandem. Uh, but, I mean, Ufuk is not the only candidate that they have uh, lost now either because there was another guy, Des Buckingham, who was in charge of the under-23s, right? He's pulled, he's pulled it. Well, he was in charge. He got a job because Danny Hay didn't want him involved. When Danny Hay took mm. over, he took over running the under-23s and they got rid of Des Buckingham. And he got a job in the Indian Premier League um, coaching Mumbai FC. Now, he's, his contract was up for renewal when they were looking for an all-whites coach, and he was one of the five. And he said, look, I've been offered a new deal by Mumbai. Um, if you can match this, then I'll come. And uh, New Zealand football apparently were sold on John Herdman and said, well, actually, you're not our preferred candidate, so don't worry. And so then he signed. He, <laughs> the he, mishandling of he, the whole situation. He signed for Mumbai. This is my understanding of it anyway. He signed for Mumbai FC off the back of that. Uh, which means they can't get him now because they'd have to buy out his contract and they, they're not going to do that. The recruitment company sending a standardised response through an email to um, to Ufuk to say, oh, thank you very much for coming, but unfortunately on this occasion, I could read you, on this occasion uh, you haven't been successful. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that is got to be a bit of a personal touch. Well, it's got to be a phone call. Mate, that's the, that's the difference between an amateur game and a professional game. Like the CEO goes and sits with a coach. Can you imagine full Gould doing that with Sorrelto? No, of course not. You know, hey, hey, Debbie, can you just push that email button out there and send out a thank you for coming in, but no thanks. Mind you, to be fair, and I, I'll say this, I, I have encountered that in, uh, in my work life where I applied for a job, didn't get the job, but got the standardised reply that said that I wasn't qualified enough. I was probably overqualified for the job, and I went, "Can you just double check that you're sending this to the right person?" And they yeah, came yeah. back and apologised. Yeah. But I was just like, "Well, you know, that's what happens. That's yeah. what happens." And recruitment companies, not look. Don't get me wrong, recruitment companies. Some of them, it's it's like who you know inside the recruitment company. You know what I mean? Like they, and this is a massive problem around New Zealand sport. New Zealand sport is shifting seats for people to get into and pushing them around like on a merry-go-round. And sometimes you can't get on, and it's harder to get off, you know. And at the moment, we've got chairs and CEOs and positions that have been around. And and the other thing with that is that they the other sports say no, he's really good, he's worked really well for us because they want to see the back of him. Mm, yeah. So other sports pick up the problem. And that's uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's some of the things. That's one of the things you see. Anyway, there's, an- there's another review coming. Guarantee you. Guarantee it. Yeah, twenty six away from eight here on SENZ. This is breakfast uh, with Izzy and Kempe and Ricardo on your Waitangi day. It's a quarter to eight here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempe with Ricardo for breakfast on your Waitangi Monday. And uh, you mentioned it earlier, Kempe, we have got the first Warriors game of the season on Thursday when the team take on the West Tigers in a pre-season game. And I know you were down at Warriors training earlier. You caught up with Tamati Martin and Charles Nickel Clock's dad and, and uh, Dylan Walker as well. How do, you th- how do you think the team's coming together? Oh, look, I, I like the look of them. They're, uh, they're definitely fit. He's got He's got them looking lean and mean. Uh, Andrew Webster, I like Andrew Webster. I think that he fronts up. You know, he isn't uh, candy coated. He hasn't cliched a lot of uh, uh, future, uh, past 
uh, comments, you know, like, yeah, you know, um, they're a little bit light. Yeah. So when you're, when you're looking lean and mean, but what you do need is you need a bit of size. I think, I think they'll have a couple of front row signings coming. Um, you can't, you can't lose, uh, the front rowers that they have and not replace them. Um, cause you do go through quite a few of them, um, during the season. So, can they get there? I think I think they can fight out for the eight. I don't think they can make the four. Um, okay. If you look at you know Sydney City, Melbourne, Penrith, Parramatta, and North Queensland, um, can they can they mix and match it with those teams? Considering that Sydney City has strengthened with Brandon Smith going in there, um, North Queensland haven't lost anybody. I think they I think they're a dead set chance of going to the final. North Queensland, um, Penrith. They've still got a very good side, even though Curacao and Kikau have gone to Canterbury and West Tigers respectively. Um, and then you've got Parramatta side, Mitchell, Mitchell Moses. They'll be battling it out again. And, of course, Melbourne get on them to win their first game. They never lose their first one. And when Peppenhausen comes back, they'll go on a runner. Yeah. You know All what right. I mean? And you, ca- and you can't talk in the same vein when you're talking about the, the Warriors in that top four mix. But... I think what they can do, I think the the signings, Mitch Barnett in the back row, Nakori, he'll play back row and middle. Uh, Tamari Martin at 5'8", I think, takes a lot of pressure off Sean Johnson um, and has that experience. He he was the 5'8 for the Kiwis, you remember, mm-hmm. um, before he had his head knock. And he came and had a wonderful year last year. I spoke to him about defence. He said, yeah, I probably made four tackles last year. Now I'm up in the front line. I think he adds a little bit more starch to the defensive line as well. And Dylan Walker is the best number 14 in the comp. So he can cover any position. You yeah. know, they're not they're not going to mix and match players to try and find it. If they're short in a position, Dylan Walker will go straight into it. He's a Swiss Army knife. You can catch the exclusive one at New Zealand Warriors preseason fixture this Thursday by becoming a member today. Use the code SENZ23 to check out at the checkout to receive 10% off. Membership start from just $25. Visit warriors.kiwi to find out more. Time to talk EPL now with Andy Murray from 442 Magazine. G'day, Andy. Uh, how's, how's the train journey from Leeds? Uh, hi, Rick. Uh, yeah, it's going well. Um, uh, it is, signal is uh, in and out, shall we say. So if you if you lose me, I apologise, and uh, I'll just try and witter on as best as best I can. And if uh, if you lose me, um, then it's probably no bad thing at all, is it? Let's face it. <laughs> wouldn't say that, mate. Wouldn't say that. Tell you what. Uh, speaking of losing, uh, Man City have done a fair bit of that, and so have Liverpool. Uh, how have the wheels fallen off the two giants uh, of the Premier League from the last three or four seasons? Yeah, I mean. Uh, Liverpool to begin with as they, they played yesterday um, uh, they seem just tired and to, to an extent I think teams have, have worked out the, the the Klopp high press and have uh, found a way to found a way to beat it um, uh, there's a lot of players in that team that are growing old at the same time so you have a lot of players in sort of age between about sort of 29 and 32 uh, the mid- midfield is obviously a massive problem um, with uh, with Fabinho uh, Jordan Henderson all sort of, and, and Thiago as well all kind of the same age so um, so yeah it's uh, it's been it's been tricky for 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 Liverpool. Liverpool uh, to maintain past season form. Um, I also kind of think um, Manchester City um, uh, kind of today. I, I haven't seen the game because I've been on a train. Um, but um, but yeah, the, the, the Pep is uh, trying to play in a different kind of system with uh, 
uh, with these uh, fullbacks playing inside, and it's it's not quite working. Um, you know, Carl Walker um, is the best will, best will in the world, not not the sort of fullback that's going to play inside uh, in the middle of midfield. Rico Lewis has done a good job. They've got rid of Jacques Cancelo. It's just just not quite working for for City. Um, whether whether both can rectify that remains to be seen. I mean, City are obviously still still in the title race. Um, obviously, it helps that Arsenal lost yesterday. Um, so I mean, they'll still be they'll still be in it come come the end of the season. But yeah, we will we will see what happens with that one. Hey Andy, what about Manchester United? Like at, at the beginning of the season, we we're all talking about you know them finishing down the way down the down the um, the rung of the ladder, and here they are sitting in third position. Are they a serious threat? Um, probably, probably not this season to win it. I, 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 w- I would be very surprised if they didn't make top four and uh, and get Champions League football next year. Um, I think uh, the way Ten Hag uh, plays, um, it was always he was always going to need time. I think he, I always felt he was too good a coach for it not to work there. Um, you know, the, the work that he's done at Ajax, kind of in a similar sort of uh, position to how United were when, when he took over, they were, um, they needed, they needed structure, um, you know, a kind of a, a fading giant, if you like, um, who had struggled for a couple of seasons and PSV had been very much in the ascendancy. Um, so he's, um, <coughs> excuse me, he's, uh, he's done this before. Um, and I always felt that he would he would turn it around. I did. I must confess, think that he would need to do it without Cristiano Ronaldo, which has obviously um, come to pass. And getting rid of uh, getting rid of Ronaldo and his wages from the from the wage bill is is a big help. And also just his presence in the in the dressing room, I think as well. Um, you know, he's got he's got players on board. Obviously, that helps when you're um, when you're winning. But uh, obviously, with the beginning of the season back-to-back defeats in pretty calamitous style against uh, Brighton and Brentford, who have gone on to have good seasons themselves. So those re- results, although bad at the time and still not great, perhaps we're seeing those with uh, with a different uh, uh, under a different light now because uh, they're both having, as I say, great seasons themselves. Um, but uh, the way they're playing is is excellent. Casemiro in the in the past sort of two months has been superb. So the next three games that he's going to miss through suspension yesterday for uh, throttling, uh, I think that's the only word for it. Uh, Will Hughes uh, against Crystal Palace. Um, that'll go a long way to deciding sort of how close they can stay uh, to the top two. Um, but they're certainly in like you know slap banging form, obviously with a League Cup final to look forward to for a bit of silverware for Ten Hag as well. Andy, um, just finally before we let you go, mate, uh, Harry Kane scored today, 267 goals for Spurs, goes past Jimmy Greaves. Um, you think about some of the strikers that Spurs have had in the past, Clive Allen, Jurgen Klinsmann, Gary Lineker. Um, numbers aside, where does he sit in that pantheon for you? Glenn Hoddle. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously the, the, probably the, the best player that, that Spurs have ever produced, I think. Um you know, the, the people will always use the stick of, oh yeah, well, what's he ever won to uh, uh, to, to hit him with? Um, but I, I, I just don't think that's relevant. The sheer number of goals that you score in a league as strong as the Premier League um, is is incredible. I mean, I don't think even you know the most fervent of uh, of Spurs fans would have said, uh, you know. 
10 years ago uh, or longer even when he first broke into the first broke into the team that that he would break Jimmy Reeves' goal scoring record like a, a friend of mine um uh James Moore who now works for the Athletic um a former 442 colleague um started a like a twitter thread way back in the day with you know harry kane has now scored as many goals as you know and it, it was kind of like john fashionu uh or, or or something like kind of like as a, a banter sort of thing um uh because you know he was a little bit cumbersome and um uh you know whatever and he, he would keep doing this um every goal that uh, that kane was scoring he's now scored as many goals as whoever and now we're getting to has scored as many goals as you know we're going to get to like wayne rooney and like fairly soon i'm sure alan shearer and it's just it, it's just madness almost that uh that he can do this um and um yeah i think whether whether spurs win a trophy with kane whether wins the trophy with England I think it's irrelevant and um, we should just celebrate one of the greatest natural goal scorers that uh, that English football has ever ever produced and of the Spurs are rightly uh, delighted to to have him playing for them because it's just a joy to see you know a goal scorer of that caliber at his peak yeah good stuff Andy thanks very much for your time mate uh, enjoy the rest of your journey and uh, mind the gap eh Andy Murray there with us from 442 Magazine out of the UK on a train somewhere between London and Leeds. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio, it's real. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio, it's real. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. It's just gone 8 o'clock on your Waitangi Monday. Kia ora New Zealand and welcome into the show. If you've uh, just joined Kempi and I, this is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast with Ricardo. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. And uh, we're just talking, Kempi, uh, the uh, the big dog, uh, Stephen McIver, just uh, popping in the house. He's going to be on after after 10 and talking about that Warriors game and uh, against on Thursday against the Tigers, the first preseason game. And you said something that I didn't realise. This game is only open to season ticket holders. Yeah, so the the Warriors of um, my understanding is they've just you know it's a, a a thank you to all the season ticket holders for I guess being season ticket holders through the three years of COVID where they never got to see um, a lot of games they got to see a, f- a handful um, so 
I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm going along on Thursday night with the SENZ. We obviously call it here in SENZ. We're along with Sam Hewitt and myself uh, for the season and get a first look at um, Andrew Webster and, and what his team shapes up against Tim Sheens, who's obviously coming back for West Tigers, Benji Marshall. Yep. Uh, they've, they've made some changes there too. So, you know, you're talking about changes. You've got two new coaching staffs, a heap of new players running around, and what better way to see what sort of shape they're in when they, when they come out in the first trial this mass early, 9th of Feb. 9th of Feb is early, although the season, well, so long as we don't get a strike, the season is due to start the 2nd of March. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's not actually that too far away. And, and, you know, if you're not currently a One New Zealand Warriors uh, season second holder or member, you can become one. Uh, you can catch this exclusive One New Zealand Warriors preseason fixture this Thursday by becoming a member today. Just use the code SENZ23 at the checkout and get 10% off. Memberships are just 25 bucks, and you can visit warriors.kiwi to find out more on that one. You can get along and join Sam Hewitt and Tony Kemp watching the Warriors on Thursday night take on the West Tigers in their first pre-season match of the season. Coming up, uh, we have a Choices Flooring poll a little in a little while. Uh, we're going to hear uh, more from you guys. 0800 150 811. Uh, have, a, have a chat and uh, let us know what you want to talk. We're also going to hear this hour from a dead set NBA legend. I oh, know. Dirk Nowitzki in town with Foot Locker uh, while the uh, Manaya. He caught up with him on Saturday as part of the Saturday session. And uh, we'll play you that a little bit later on uh, in the show as well. So stay tuned for that. After 9 o'clock, Alistair Hunt is going to join us on the Davis Cup. And uh, we'll continue to take your calls and texts on 0800 150 811 or... Double eight, double three throughout the show. If you've got anything you want to ask Kempi about the Warriors and th- the way things are setting up, like who the hell is going to play prop and where are these magical props going to come from that we're supposed to be signing? <laughs> uh, that's a question I've got for Kempi. Maybe you've got others. We'll get to those in a bit because now it's uh, time to talk cricket. And we're at that stage of the season where uh, it's getting busy for everybody in the Super Smash. And uh, Dion Ibrahim joins us, the Otago Vaults coach, who's uh, having a pretty damn good season. Dion, uh, g'day, mate. Welcome to the show. Morning, fellas. How's everyone today? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Good. And, uh, you know, there's always rivalry between uh, whether it's Dunedin and Christchurch or Canterbury and Otago. um, And that's... It's timed quite nicely because you get to play these guys back-to-back. You've just beaten them on Hagley Oval on their own patch by four wickets. And then today you, you get to play them in your patch as well. And if you do that, you make sure that uh, you don't have to leave uh, the magnificent city of Dunedin again this season because you get to host the final. Yeah, I mean, it's that classic case of uh, away and home series you know, in, a, in, quick, in a quick turnaround. So, you know, that rivalry runs deep, um, you know, across all sports and... I guess in a in a six team competition, you know, you're always having those local derbies or those rivalries um occurring quite often. So look it's it's greatly poised and you know, the, the team enjoys playing Canterbury. Um they don't get up too much more um for the occasions, but it's it just adds a nice little taste and a twist, uh, I guess, to the tail. Hey Dion, what's the weather look like for the game today? Um, as you know, it's always stunning down in Dunnes, so um <laughs> it's another <laughs> It's another beautiful sunny day. Um, there might be a bit of wind uh, that kicks about, but uh, we're expecting a yeah corker of a day. That's that's good stuff, mate. Uh, when do you uh, when when do you get Jacob Duffy back? Look, Duff's returned um, from India. Um, unfortunately, he was one of uh, quite a few guys that picked up a, a bug um, that ripped through the team on the way back. So, 
Um, he's in effect um, selectable, but unfortunately, just from a, a health-wise point of view, he's he's going to sit this game out. Um, so we we're trying to get him back in, back in ready for um, hopefully a home final. Your bet, your your betting was pretty good, especially there to Jake Gibson on on Saturday, ninety six of sixty three balls. Is he going um, in your eyes as an opener? Oh, look, he's probably our best kept secret. I think the commentators um, didn't quite figure his, his real name till right at the end. Um, look, he's one of those that uh, possess all round talent. Um, you know, he's an outstanding, outstanding athlete. Um, he's, I guess, his his first skill set is, is bowling, but um, when he came down, we always looked at trying to develop him as an all-rounder. So, um, look, that innings on um, Saturday was just pretty phenomenal. You know, um, it's something that I guess no one really expected that he could bat um, to that kind of extent. Um, and it was just awesome to see that all the hard work that he's put in, um, along with a number of other guys, you know, is all starting to pay off. There's another name that's uh, floated around. I've seen a few stories doing the uh, doing the rounds about uh, uh, Dean Foxcroft being back in the country and maybe being a, a bit of a smoking for the Black Caps at some point. Now, how's his form been, do you think? Yeah, look, Foxy's form in the Super Smash in particular has been outstanding. Um, you know, he started with a, a bang, um, both with the bat and the ball, and look, he's one of those genuine match winners. Um, I keep referring to him as, as that catalyst. You know, whenever he's around, something ignites and something happens, um, whether it's through him uh, directly or what he, he stimulates. So, look, I'm sure he's um, starting to pop up in, in conversations with the BCs. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are taking note uh, further up north. So, look, Foxy knows he's keeping pretty level. Um, he knows that he's, he's still got a wee way to go. Um, he's got to prove that he can dominate at this level um, consistently. Um, so he's, he's pretty pretty level in, in his thinking so he's just taking one step at a time and, and I guess a couple of winning performances will definitely put his name in lights um, where he should be Hey Dion, how do you keep the team mentally focused just a couple of days after um, a game against Can- Canterbury and you've got to go back and face him again, do the boys find it hard to get up what do you do as a coach? Um, look, I think this is the, the great time when you actually rely and, and trust everything that you've been doing, um, you know everyone um, hops on and off that classic pro- processes uh, point of view. But look, you know, this is where the point of the season, every team loves to be in. Um, you trust and rely on everything you've done prior. So now it's just a matter of guys being able to refresh physically and mentally. You know, we encourage them to completely switch off and disconnect in such quick turnarounds. We, we don't need them to come in for trainings or any more meetings. All the talking's been done, all the planning's been done. It's now just a matter of guys being fresh and being able to see what's in front of him and, and act and react. As, as, how, how hard do you have to police uh, Hamish Rutherford's uh, rehydration <laughs> sessions? <laughs> Look, I think he's one of those that as he's got a little bit older, he's, he's slowly getting a bit wiser. Um, <laughs> that has been outstanding. Look, he's, he's been an outstanding leader for us um, on and off the field. Um, you know, like everyone, everyone has our moments, so... No, he's he's great. He leads from the front. Um, I think uh, a lot of the attitude, the energy um, that you see is is directly led by by him and our leadership group. So, look, uh, I'm sure Rudd is just timing that uh, hydration session just at the right time. Yeah, good. Uh, I was going to ask you too. I saw he had a, he he had an over the other day. Uh, bold one went for seven. Uh, that, that's that's a bit of a rarity in itself. What's going on there? Oh, look, it's something I'm trying to encourage more of. Um, I keep saying, look, as you get older, 
Um, you've got to try and reinvent yourself or keep yourself current as a player. So um, I'm trying to get that tag as an all-rounder uh, attached to him. So, look, he's he's a smart operator, and Rudzi knows when to bring himself on. He knows actually where to go with the ball as well. Um, so, you know, often people um, might think that he's a part-timer, but uh, he's, a, he's a canny operator. What are, you, what are you expecting from Canterbury, Dion? Um, coming back, they, you know, they, they need to win this game just as much as you. What are you expecting in the return match? Oh, look, you're always wary of that injured Buffalo, isn't it? When, um, especially a proud side like Canterbury. So, look, they'll be, they'll be smart in coming down. Um, you know, we've, we've managed to, I guess, get a couple of really positive results against them in, in across a number of different formats. So, um, look, they'll be coming down. They'll be amped because they, they still got a home final to play for. Um, so we expect a, a really tough contest. Um, we know that if we can just continue doing what we do and do it well, and keep some pressure on um, at the right times, look, we we hope that we can get a favourable result. Yeah, the and, and that's always good to get the, the home support. You don't have to travel. You get that little bit of extra time in the legs, which is which is always nice, Dion. Something else I wanted to ask you about, mate, as a, uh, as a Zimbabwean, um, what do you make of Gary Balance, the former... England Test player making himself now available for Zimbabwe. How big is that for Zimbabwean cricket? Well, look, that, that's huge. Um, and it's one of those that, I guess, as a small nation, you don't want to lose your talent, be it um, you know from a playing stock or you know from an administrative point of view. So there's, there's probably a number of people that have uh, spread across the, the world, you know, that diaspora of, of Zimbabweans that, um, you know, hopefully one day can all return and... and Help the, the country, or at least the team, um, get back to where it used to be. You know, the, the, the very com- well, they were a very competitive side. Um, you know, and the talent there that it's second to none across the world. It's just the numbers. It's a numbers game. So you know, when you lose two or three key people, um, it definitely takes its effect. So, look, really, really happy for him. Really happy for Zimbabwe cricket. Um, hopefully, it's it's starting to take steps in the right direction. Um, and hopefully he has a, a really positive impact in, on that test side. Hey, Dion, is there one person through the competition that uh, is on the, the lips of all the coaches as a future New Zealand player? Oh, I wouldn't say one player. Um, you know, it's one of those that there's several members uh, across the, the groups that probably impress you. Um, you know, I think a few years ago, you probably, Finn Allen was that um, shining light that just lit up the competition. Um, this year, it's been. Um, I think there's probably been about two or three players. You know, and we've already spoken about Foxy. Uh, you know, I think he's one of them um, that have really caught the, the, the selectors' eyes. I guess they, they're probably looking ahead to you know where they might be vulnerable in a, in a couple of years' time versus the year and now. So you know, potentially some of the younger players, some of the younger spinners, potentially that are, are starting to show their class. You know, Ben Lockrose. Um, from us, ND have got a couple of good spinners uh, floating around. So um, I wouldn't say there's there's one bright shining light that that's lit the competition up yet. Um, you know, obviously, there's a few games to go. I think this is where you you hope to see that next um, cab of the rank really come come to the fore. It's interesting uh, the the team that the Black Caps have named for this English Test series in that. You know, Ish Sodi, who's been looked at mainly as a as a white ball bowler in the fourteen, but no Ajaz Patel. Did that surprise you? It, it does and it doesn't. I, I guess it'll be interesting to see what type of wickets um, are prepared. Um, you know, if we're going to look at preparing really sporty, green, seeming, fast wickets, then yeah, probably 
um, jazz misses out. Um, you know, obviously with Mike Bracewell doing what he's doing now, and and I guess Saints doing, um, you know, being such a class performer, they'll probably rely on that all-rounder type role um, to fill out that that spin role uh, potentially. So, um, not surprising. I, I just look really look forward to seeing what state those pitches um, are prepared. Yeah, we're looking forward to that series. Um, and you know, I, I know that um, Brendan McCullum. Um, gets a lot of a lot of headlines for uh, the way he's t- turned things around. The I don't know how much you know, Baz, but obviously he's from uh, the part of the world that you're coaching in at the moment. What do you think it is that makes him such a great coach that he's turned England around like he has? Oh, look, I, I think everything that he he uh, I guess um, what can I say? It's a, I guess everything that he professes um, is all about just backing yourself, you know and. I think from his time, you know, as captain of the Black Caps, you know, it was all about playing an aggressive brand and, you know, going out there and just expressing yourself. So, you know, England have vast amount of, of, of talent. They have huge cricket numbers. So, you know, to be able to embrace that philosophy or that mantra, um, you know, you, you're definitely going to see the cream of the crop playing good cricket. Um you know, obviously, I think they've also caught a number of teams across the world um, by surprise, just by that aggressive and attacking nature. Um, I, I just hope, you know, when they arrive here, that our wickets are really sporty and you know, provide a, a great challenge for them. Yeah, that's what we want to see. Do you get a feeling, um, Dion, that Finn Allen's probably the opposite of what you've just said, and he's a bit of, maybe showing a little bit of anxiety when he goes out there to bat? It's always hard to say, you know, as a as a top order batsman, and, and India is a tough tough place to tour. You know, the subcontinent, um, the subcontinent in Australia are probably the two toughest places to tour. You know, you can often careers can often get to a T junction or a crossroads there just because of the, the pressures that come with it. You know, and they are they are two tough nations to play in their home conditions. So, is there anxiety? I imagine there's always anxiety. Um, <laughs> At that level, um, I, I guess the big question for for Finn is that as long as he's not questioning, you know, who he is as a batsman and, and what he does best, um, yeah. Without knowing that the backroom chat, um, I, I doubt it. He, he's a he's a confident guy, and you know, I think he's he's pretty clear on what he does well. So it might just be one of those little glitches in in um, every young man's career. Uh, now I've got to ask uh, Dion. Um, I've just had a look. It's obviously been rain affected in Bulawayo. You're through two days, only 89 overs bowled. But the Windies, 221 without loss, are going all right. Uh, do you know if Stuart Broad has a Zimbabwean grandparent somewhere and you can maybe get him across because it feels like you need someone with a ball? <laughs> look, there, there might be a link somewhere through the, the colonial deck. Um, I'm sure those... Um, those avenues have been looked at. Uh, if not him, I'm sure there's a few other players that have uh, ancestries been tested. <laughs> like I think the one thing about Zimbabwe is they don't leave any stone untanned uh, when it comes to trying to use all their resources. Yeah, indeed. All right. Hey, mate, thanks very much for being such a great sport today. Best of luck against the Cantabs today, and uh, hopefully you can uh, host that Super Smash final, eh? No, wonderful. Thanks for the support and uh, thanks for having me, guys. No worries at all. Dion Ibrahim there with us, uh, the coach of the Otago Vaults, and uh, he's a good, he's a good, good rooster, man. didn't he? Very good man, good man. Great chat. Yeah. Around um, everything cricket, not just on the vaults, but everyone. Like, um, got good insight.
Real good. I, enjoy, I really enjoyed that. All the best um, to the vaults today down at University of Otago. Oval, fantastic spot. Spent five years travelling down there, going to see my son down at university. And um, he's right. When the sun comes out down in Otago, it's a beautiful spot. Yeah, it is. And uh, Otago, even though they won that first game against Canterbury on the 4th, and they're at home today, they're actually outsiders. You can get them for 220. Yeah. Canterbury paying a buck 62. He sounded confident. He did. Yeah, he did. Maybe so, maybe, maybe multi that up. Multi that up with your horse. Yeah, uh, La Bella Grande in uh, race four. There you go. Today, that's Rex Multi. There you go. Well, <laughs> half <laughs> half Kempy's Multi, half my Multi. This is SCNZ. It is breakfast with Izzy and Kempy. Ricardo went on this Waitangi day as well. Uh, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. This is SENZ. It is breakfast with Izzy and Kempi Ricardo into on uh, your Waitangi Day Monday. You can catch the exclusive One New Zealand Warriors preseason fixture this Thursday by becoming a member today. Use the code SENZ23 at checkout. Receive 10% off. Membership start from just $25. Visit warriors.kiwi to find out more. And on the Warriors, Kempi. You mentioned earlier that you thought that uh, we looked a bit like the Warriors team, and I, I'm looking through it, and this is what I'm looking at at the moment. Uh, as far as I can see, we've only got two senior props. We've got Bunty Arfire and Adam Fanua Blake, and then you've got Tom Ale and uh, Valengi Kepu, uh, two young props coming through. But Everyone else's second row or lock. I mean, I know Tohu played a bit there last season, but it does. We need some big. We need some weight, don't we? We need some size. Yeah, yeah, Rick. Rick, you're right. You know, like um, I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago and said, you know, like they need some more size in the middle of the park, and it's like, oh no, they're they're, they're right. They're, they're covered. You know, they're, they're fit. They're playing that type of game. But the thing with size, look, if you ever look at who they lost, you know, Matt Lodge went went. Um, had the alpha issue and headed over to Sydney City, added to their size. You now, you look at Lindsay Collins and Jared Warrior Hargraves, you throw Matt Lodge in there, they're three very big men. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Especially since they lost Tokiaha, didn't they? Well, He's Lindsay Collins the, is yeah, playing for Australia. Um, you know, Jared's playing for New Zealand. Matt Lodge is, is in there just adding a bit of size. But the, my point being, they're three guys that bend the line when they carry the football and yep. they take some energy out of defenders. Um, now I know um, Aidan Fanua Blake does that for us, but when you lose Matt Lodge, when you when you lose Murdoch Masala, when you lose Aaron Penny, who, whose role out of Melbourne was basically to do that, um, and you're not replacing them, then Tohu does have to play in the middle. You know, Tom Arley coming back from a knee injury did play all right when he when he came to the side last year. He got big reps on him as a young young um, prop and and looks okay, but he's short in stature. You know he's not he's not tall in stature and and commanding, um, and I think a, a few of the back rowers will end up playing in the middle. And so it's a big one for me. Like Nakore, for instance, could possibly end up being in one of those middle forwards, because um, one thing that does happen with your rotation of middle players is that you do go through a few front rowers. And you've got to remember that Bunty of Four was um, given the given the okay to go and look at other clubs mm. this time last year. You know what I mean? So there was no future for him, but now they've re-signed him because there isn't a plethora of big big men in through the competition, especially through that middle. And you just have to look at the Jordan McLeans, the Nelson Sofa Solomonas. You know, go back to 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 Paul um, Paulo at, at Par- you go back to those big front rowers. Yeah, like 
Penrith, you know, it's it's we we are definitely lacking a bit of size. Do you know if the club was trying to get Marty to power over the line? I know that they spoke to him, um, and Cappy said that you know that it is the recruitment manager that he spoke to him. Uh, it was I'm really interesting, um, really surprised that he went up to Brisbane actually, mm. Marty. Uh, obviously a Kiwi, and the talk was that he'd signed for Parramatta, and ends up going up to Brisbane. Yeah, so. Yeah, he would have been, I would think he would have been an asset if they could have got him here. You said earlier in the show that you expect that the club's going to bring in a couple of front rowers before the season starts. Where are they coming from? Are these magical front rowers that you know about, Kempe? Yeah, look, I think I think what happens on the recruitment side of things is that when the sides start to um, iron out through the trials, mm. okay, so you get through the trial period and start to iron out their starting lineup. Then you get a few players that are, uh, are thinking that they can actually start, and then you get clubs that are chasing players, know that they can put those people into their mix, and they will get a start. So I'm expecting through the trial period that the Warriors have got their eyes on a couple of players that are probably fringe players at other clubs, and know that if they came into our side, that they'd sit inside of 17. Yeah. Yeah. So who those who those front rowers are? Um, Martin Tapoe was one, but he's gone. Uh, there's no, there's a number of other front rowers out there because you, they're the most players you carry in your in your team, but who they are at the moment, I'm not too sure. Mm. You know, there'll be a cap, obviously around salary, um, and they'll have their eyes on a couple, and I'm expecting them to ad- announce at least one of them before the season starts. Okay, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing who that might be. What about given that I know the CBA is still ongoing, but it looks like there's an increased cap of about three million per club, roughly. Um, I mean, what does that do to Super League? And is Super League somewhere that realistically the Warriors could raid? Well, I I think that you can go to England and get players. You know, if you look at Josh, uh, Josh Hodgson's gone to Parramatta. He's mm. he's taken over um, from Reid Mahoney, who's gone yeah. to Canterbury. You know, you you can. Ricky Stewart goes up to England um, quite regularly and brings his brings his English contingent down. You know, his old back row was English down there at one stage. Um, so you can go to England. Super League's going through their own rebuild at the moment. So they, they, they actually want to get rid of the name Super League up there. Uh, they, they, they think that the, the competition isn't a Super League anymore. And there's, there's two factions that are broken off. They're, they're trying to rebuild that brand. Uh, if you're looking for size, I would go to England because the English are big men, mm. you know. You look at the Burgess boys. Or James Graham. Or James, you know, you, you just you go up there and you go, we always knew that they were big men, you know, playing up in that competition. There's some big guys when I was playing there, but now there are some big guys up there that can come down here and do a job. And, and you know, it's be a lot easier for a middle guy to come down here and do a job. So, you know, maybe one of them does come from England. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It's something we'll keep an eye on. Uh, you can text us your thoughts on that. Double eight double three is the Temper Bedpost text machine. Or you can call us on the Kennards Hire phone line 0800 150 When we come back, we'll have some headlines and a Choices flooring poll. I want bourbon. Bourbon, 
It's mine and Kempi's lunch menu sorted. Uh, this is SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Kempi. Ricardo, in on your Waitangi day. Here's some uh, headlines for you, thanks to Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Six nations. France have come from 24-22 down to beat the Italians 29-24 in a nail-biter in the Six Nations. Earlier in the weekend, the Irish beat the Wales in Cardiff 34-10 and the Scots upset England 29-23. Or is it an upset when you've done it three times in a row? Is it an upset anymore? Well, I think they've got the wood on them. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah, it looks that way. looks that way. Uh, in the EPL, Nottingham Forest have beaten Leeds 1-0, pulled themselves clear. They're 13th on the Premier League. Now Leeds just uh, above their relegation zone on goal difference. And Harry Kane has scored his 267th goal for Spurs. They beat City, Manchester City, earlier today by one goal to nil. They closed the gap between them and Newcastle in the top five uh, to just one point. Elsewhere, the Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving's trade request has been put in. Looks like he's going to head to either the Clippers or the Lakers, but he is currently out with a sore calf and won't play for the Nets in the foreseeable future. And meanwhile, Steph Curry is going to have to have an MRI on an injured knee after he limped out of the Mavs, uh, the win versus the Mavs in the third quarter yesterday. Uh, also, uh, some other scores for you from Europe. Bayern Munich suffered a red card but managed to hold on to beat Wolfsburg 4-2 away from home in the Bundesliga. Uh, and coming up shortly, uh, the big game out of Italy. Uh, Internationale, Inter Milan versus AC Milan. That one kicks off in about 10 minutes. So we'll keep you up to date with the scores from that. As they progress, there you go. Those are your headlines. Thanks to Gull fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. And uh, Joe, have you got a choice of flooring poll for us as well this morning? Oh, yes. I forgot to write that. I'll chuck that out in about 10 minutes, mate. Okay, sure. Yeah, so we're going to do the choices flooring poll in a, in, a, in, a, in a few minutes because we're running a super tight ship here this we, morning on Waitangi Day, are we, Kempi? <laughs> yeah, we'll just wait 10 minutes for that one. We'll come through. It's a uh, real good one. What's it going to be about today, Joe? Oh, man, it's going to be about, like, oh, probably Waitangi Day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely Waitangi. Maybe Valentine's Day. Is it going to be about Valentine's Day? Um, What's your favourite day of the year? Is it Valentine's Day, Waitangi Day, Christmas Day? or Easter Sunday. There you go. <laughs> I love that. That's the, that's the truth flooring pole. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have that up and running for you real soon. Uh, this is SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Kempi Ricardo Ball on board as well. You can keep your texts coming through, double eight double three, uh, or you can call us 0800 150811, the uh, Kenna's Hire phone line. Peter's texted through and said, uh, what about a prop from France, um, Kempi? Now, Given uh, most French props will be playing probably Super League anyway, whether it be for Catalan or Toulouse, or maybe they've mm. gone over to England and, and are playing there. Um, I don't remember any French players particularly standing out from the World Cup. No. Or, I'll tell you what, there's a couple of Papua New uh, Guinean front rowers that I would have had a crack at. Oh, um, yeah. Definitely their hooker, I thought, had a really, really good World Cup. And you did write about the World Cup too. I thought there would have been a few more of those players come through um, who'd had quite good tournaments. France, you know, France do, I don't know if you know this, Rick, but France, actually the rugby league up in France, the club football is pretty good. Um, and rugby union raids the league ranks up there mm. um, and have done for years. Yet they, uh, of late, they've got um, Catalan Dragons that yep. play in Super League up there. Yeah, they're so, good. They're so, good but, but it's it's a it's predominantly Kiwis and Aussies that play on that side with a sprinkling of French because the talent isn't up to the Super League standard. So, uh, although it's a really good suggestion uh, to go to to go to France, look for a front row. I think it's a better 
suggestion from you to go to the Super League. Yeah, well, just, I mean, thinking about it and looking around, looking at some of the stats, this guy who plays for St. Helens, and, you know, given that he's playing for St. Helens, maybe the Dolphins will get first dibs on him, given where Christian Wolf's gone, but 10 tries uh, Alex Wormsley scored from prop last season for yeah, Saints. Yeah. You know, a guy that obviously hits the line hard and is hard to stop. That's what the Warriors are missing. And they've had some very good front rows, uh, England as a whole, over the years, uh, through the eras that I played before before I played uh, at international and, and you know their front rowers have been known to be able to turn it up in the in the NRL. You look back as as far as Lee Crooks when he played for West Tigers, one of the best front rowers that I played in in the world at the time. You know when I played with him at Castleford, um, and you've gone through Sam Burgess who came over from Bradford. Remember Fui Fui Mumui carrying that football for the Kiwis against mm. Bradford, and Sammy Burgess, eighteen year old, laid him out like no one ever thought that Fui could be laid out like that. You know, so and then Sam Burgess goes on wins a premiership and. Arguably becomes one of the best players him and Sonny Bill Williams battles have, have been um, you know folklore. So there is some there there are players up there that can can definitely come through. It's about you know having the faith, doing your recruitment, um, and if you're short, you know I, I don't see why they, I have always thought that more Super League players can play in this comp. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, if you've got any suggestions on who we should look at, who the Warriors should look at, if they're looking for props uh, for the coming season, let us know, double eight, double three. Joe's got a suggestion. Oh, no, I don't. I was just saying, okay. I've, come up with a, uh, I've come up with an idea for the choice of throwing pole. Okay, do you, you want to tell us what it is, or do <laughs> yeah. you want to wait? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Okay, what is it? Should there be more public sports on public holidays? More public sports on public No, sorry, wait, no. <laughs> Should there be more sport on the TV on public holidays? Right, so like when we have a day off, you, you can just sit on the couch because there's sport back to back to back. That's right. Should we Americanize our public holidays pretty much? Yeah. And, cool. and put sports around them. You know, like on Christmas Day, let's have sport. On uh, what are other holidays like Easter? Let's have sport. Oyster Day. Why? Why aren't we mortal sport today? You know. Yeah, that's Water a good question. Cricket. I think the the Yanks do it well on Christmas Day. The NBA they have three or four games back to back. Thanksgiving Day they have three NFL games back to back. Yeah, I think you're right. The Yanks do do it pretty well, Joe. That's a, that's a great choices flooring poll. Thank you. I put a lot of thought into it. Yeah, I could tell. Uh, choices flooring <laughs> New Year's carpet sale is on now. Start this year off in style at the Choices Flooring New Year's carpet sale. Just go to the SENZ app, click Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, and vote on the poll. There will bring you the results of that poll in around an hour's time. Uh, up next, though, we are going to revisit something that happened on Saturday when Manaya Stewart from the run home caught up with Dirk Nowitzki. The Mavs. The big Mavs. Dirk. Oh, big Dirk. The big. German. He's in the country with Foot Locker. Uh, we'll play you that interview next. It is 14 away from 9 here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Ricardo in on Waitangi Monday as well. And on Saturday, uh, Manaya Stewart, who's normally on the run home, he was uh, hosting the Saturday session. He got to catch up with NBA legend Dirk Nowitzki, played for the Dallas Mavericks for a long time. I don't think he played for any other NBA team. That was his uh, his go, woe to go. Uh, Dirk is over here uh, doing some work for Foot Locker. I mean, what an ambassador to have if you Foot Locker can be. 100%. Dirk, um, Dirk, a legend of the game. I thought, too, uh, I think 40, he's 40, yep. if I get it right. And he was uh, one of his last NBA games. Doc Rivers stopped the, stopped the game and grabbed the mic and got the crowd on their feet and to, to thank him personally I think they had about nine seconds to go in the game they had it wrapped up and I thought it was fitting that um, it's always nice to see a guy go out on their own their terms you know what I mean yeah. and, and that was a real, real nice t- touch for a doc 
um, the coach for the Mavs. Um, great player. Yeah, and one of the uh, most, um, I think, single leg fade. Single leg, was it his shot? Single leg, fade away. Mm. Yeah, it's leaning backwards. Leaning it's, backwards. It's yeah. easy to lean backwards when you're, how tall is he? About seven foot <laughs> something. Um, but anyway, yeah. But you know how tall those guys are? Like, I, was yeah. in, I was in LA, I went over there, I watched uh, Delahoya um, fight. Uh, Delahoya was fighting, what's his name? He was actually champion at the time. It'll come to me, the name. Yeah. Uh, we'll get there. Oh, we'll it's get there. right there. It's right there on the. Anyway, I yep. went in there, but as I was walking through, was it at the um, MGM? I was walking through, the basketballers started walking in, and you know, like we've got to walk through uh, the the security, the security doors, you know, because checking for you know, you got any metal on you, sir? Yeah, yes, he gone through. I said, I've left my six shooters at home. <laughs> um, they couldn't fit through them. Yeah, they couldn't fit through them. They actually had to go to the side. And uh, get patted get the down. Wand. They get wand and patted down. Yeah. And mate, the suit material. I just remember looking at them going, "There is some material there." Well, big Ben Francis, you know Ben. Yeah. Right? He's six foot five. That works here. He got a photo with Dirk, and he looks short. <laughs> you know, which says everything about how big Dirk Nowitzki is. He was part of the crew uh, alongside Manaya and Logan that were there interviewing Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, this is how that interview went. Right, Dirk, well, first of all, mate, congratulations on making it all the way to the back end of the world. What brings you to New Zealand? Well, originally this, started, uh, this tour started in Australia, did a little basketball promo. You know, I played with, with Chris Anstey for a year, and we stayed in touch, and uh, he invited me down here to do some stuff in Australia. And, and, uh, and, his, and I said, well, while I'm all the way down here already, and I brought my family, we might as well stop in New Zealand and have a good time. And, and show my family that, uh, this beautiful country. So uh, that's what brought us here, and we're, we're excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you. You've met my producer over there, Ben. Okay. Ben, uh, ben reckons he can windmill dunk. What do you reckon? Windmill dunk? That guy right there. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. He doesn't look like it, but hey, uh, I've been surprised before. Yes, shock athleticism. Um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, something that's near and dear to our hearts here in New Zealand, the 2002 FIBA World Championships. You robbed us of a bronze medal. What does it mean to you to play for your, uh, your home country? Uh, it's been always a pleasure uh, and an honour to obviously uh, represent my country internationally, play, play so many games, travel around the world, even as a junior. And... Uh, it's, it's always something special to, to play for your country. So, sorry about 2002. <laughs> I actually, I saw Kirk Penny last night oh, and, and Dylan. Uh, we, we stayed in touch over the years. Actually, Kirk Penny is, is uh, with the same FIBA Players Commission that I'm on. So, uh, we, we're constantly in touch. And I saw him, uh, saw him a little bit last night. It was good to see the boys. Someone that hasn't turned out for the Tall Blacks yet is uh, Stephen Adams. I know you played uh, against him. We'll talk about that in a second. But would you love to see Stephen Adams uh, turning out for the Tall Blacks? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, it's, it's always uh, the, every person's decision uh, with, the, with family involved. and uh, You know, everybody has to decide what's, what's best for their, for their career. Um, but maybe eventually he'll, uh, he'll play some, a few games. It'll be great for, for you guys. I mean, he's obviously, I mean, he's a beast. You yeah. know, he's, he's a great rebounder, great finisher in there. He's super tough. So, I mean, any team that he's on is, is, is better off. You played against him 20 times in your career. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, what, did it, what did it feel like the next morning after playing against Stephen Adams? I mean, he's just uh, so tough from the beginning. Uh, just always knows where to be, where, where to set the screens. Great rebounder, great, great role player, great finisher in there, um, sneaky athletic. And what I love about him most is he cares about the team. You know, he doesn't care about uh, individual stats. 
uh, when when he helps his team win, that's uh, that's when he's happy, and that's uh, that's that's the guy you want on your team. We've got a team here in New Zealand called the Warriors, not the Golden State Warriors, but the New Zealand Warriors. They're okay. a rugby league team. Every year we say that it's our year for the Warriors. Um, unfortunately, we're yet to win a competition. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. Can, please, can your answer just be, it's our year? What do you make of the Warriors this year? It's our year. Yes, we got it. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. <laughs> There you go, Dirk Nowitzki, probably the weirdest interview he's ever done, I would say. <laughs> Manoia was great, mate. There was a, there was an awesome interview from Manoia, the great uh, Dirk Nowitzki. There's some of the que- some of the questions, though. Yeah, Dirk must be gone. Yep. What? Well, I've had some. <laughs> yeah, I've had some, all right. I've had some. Uh, so, yeah, Dirk Nowitzki, seven foot. I've just looked it up. There you go. Seven foot even. Kempe, and I showed you the picture of him with Ben Francis, who's 6'5". Hey, he does look that's, short. Yeah, they are. That's... <laughs> Seven foot. Wow. That is, uh, that is crazy. Yeah, I think they bend down in houses. You know what oh. I mean? Like You'd have to have your houses. You wouldn't just you know, go custom, on the market mate. and look for one. You just custom, go, I oh, build one with higher doors. Well, you, but me, you please. could do, couldn't you, with his contract? Yeah, that's true. That's probably fair. <laughs> you know, he, he actually, I, I said before that I was pretty sure that he played his entire career with the Mavs. Yeah. Well, he did, but they weren't who drafted him. He got drafted by the Bucks and then traded. He got drafted by the Bucks as the ninth pick and then traded to the Mavs before he had played for the Bucks. Straight away. Straight away. Yeah. Boom. Done. So there you go. He could have been a buck. He could have been, uh, you know, the, the pre-Greek freak. And could play too. Mate, he could play all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic player. So Dirk Nowitzki here in New Zealand. If you want to see the video of that, you can go to uh, SENZ and now have a YouTube page as well. And you can see the uh, video of that interview of Dirk Nowitzki uh, from Manaya Stewart. And uh, yeah, <laughs> Did a great job. So um, that is uh, <laughs> that was superb work. Here's a question. What's more believable? Ben can windmill dunk or Kirsty's 250-metre drive? Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to take Ben. I've seen Kirsty's driving. <laughs> um, there must, there, I think there was something wrong with the computer that day. Yeah, it must have been. must have been. Ben windmill dunking. Well, the bloke is six foot five. I suppose he can windmill dunk. Can he catch? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he played basketball for his college, so oh, he can't be okay. he can't be too bad. Yeah, can't be too bad. But there you go. Um, do you do you have a an NBA team, Kempe? Uh look, I've look, I followed Sean Kemp, mm. um, the Rain Man. That's right. And I'd like you know, obviously the the Jordans, the Pippins, um, the Magic Johnsons of the day. He was the one who walked through the 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 security. It was Bernard Hopkins fighting mm. fighting Delahoya that night. Um, but at the moment, you know, LeBron James over the years has been a pr- pleasure watching him. Steph Curry with the Golden, um, Golden State Warriors, they, you know, mate, that guy can play. Yeah. That guy can play. So I'm just enjoying watching the NBA. And Stephen Adams, like, the, the um, a mate asked me yesterday, what about Steve Adams? And I went, you know, here's a guy who signed a $100 million contract um, coming out of our small country and doing these things on on that competition is unbelievable. Like, he would have to be our greatest ever basketballing um, export. Yeah, well, I think so. I mean, because you talk about, you know, we've had guys like uh, Mark Kirk Dickel Penny. and uh, and, and, and Sean Marks and that that have yep. played in the NBA, but not to the level that, that Adams Not has. week in, week out. No. Not week in, week out, and not when people such as the great Dirk um, Nowitzki gets, goes and, and rattles off a um, post-game an- analyst of analysis of, of Stephen Adams. He's yeah. ba- mate, if I was Stephen Adams hearing Dirk say that about me, it's, it'd, you know... Pump up your tyres. Oh, 
Of course. Yeah. You're not talking. You're not talking about some. You know. Uh, what was going to say? It's not. Uh, you know, it's not the, the the Wellington coach talking about you, yeah, or or a player just coming out of the Auckland comp. Yeah, no, it's one of the one of the greats of the game, mm. one of the legends of the game. Yeah, indeed. There you go. All right, Dirk Nowitzki. Like I said, check out uh, YouTube. Look for SENZ. You'll be able to find it there. The video of uh, the chat between Manaya Stewart, who's not a small man, but I would imagine he's probably about five. Nine, five, ten, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, but he will he will look like a midget standing next to Dirk Nowitzki. So go check that out. On <laughs> be like your be like your two year old kid holding an uh, ice cream up to you. Yeah. Might need one of those things, those selfie sticks. <laughs> you might need one of those for the microphone. <laughs> but go check that out on the YouTube clip. But it's coming up nine o'clock. When we come back, we're going to be talking tennis with Alistair Hunt because we've got the Davis Cup on against Bulgaria at the moment. This is SENZ and it is breakfast with Izzy and Kepi Ricardo in on your uh, Waitangi day. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. And uh, coming up, we'll have that uh, Choices Flooring poll result for you. Uh, we'll do that uh, in around half an hour's time. We'll have some more headlines as well. Plenty of time as well. For you to get in touch with us, you can call us on 0800 150 811, the Kenard's higher phone line, or text us on 8833, which is the Temper Bed Post text machine. Alistair Hunt, the Davis Cup, or former Davis Cup captain, going to join us shortly. But, uh, Kempe, we did have a few texts come in. This one from Brett, we were talking earlier about uh, Mark's text. What's more believable, Ben's windmill dunk or Kirsty's 250-metre drive? Um, and Brett has come through with uh, Kirsty's computer at the driving range was calibrated to measure in feet rather than metres, I think. That might explain a few things, It's actually. a decent drive, 250 metres. Um Brett knows that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a decent drive. And yeah, that's actually that's a fair comment. Maybe it was. Maybe on the woman's tee it was calibrated to feet. Feet, yeah, maybe there yeah, that would explain a few things. What's <laughs> uh what's two hundred and fifty feet in meters is 100, what, 115, 120, isn't it? Something, something like, like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which sounds probably more plausible. Well, it's still a football field. Still not bad. It's still not decent. Bad. Still yeah. decent. You've got to give it a decent whack. Yeah. I used to uh, I used to go to the driving range. When I was younger, when sort of like late teens and that, with my uncle, who was a pro, um, golf pro, former Auckland left hand champ, and he like and he had height, he's six three, six four, uh, so long levers, you know. And I remember, you know, he taught me through my grip and through my stance and through my swing, and then give me a bucket of balls and like a seven iron and just go, just hit that bucket, just do everything and just hit that bucket, and I'd be like, all right. And then I'm going, think I'm doing all right. And then he tees one up next to me with his driver at Tacker. This was just at Tacker. Mm. And uh, on the full, hit the net at the back of the driving range on the full. And you're like, what am, I even, what am I even doing? <laughs> what am I even doing? That's there. Yeah, there you go. And it wasn't long after that I sold my clubs. I've never played again, <laughs> to yeah. be fair. No, I gave mine away. Yeah, yeah, no, fair. That's good. It is uh, four past nine, and joining us now to talk tennis is Alistair Hunt, former New Zealand Davis Cup captain. Uh, Alistair, how's the weather in Chichich? I know you've had a bit of, bit of rain during that Davis Cup uh, session against the Bulgarians. Yeah, mate, I, to be fair, I've lived down Wanaka, so... Uh... Yeah, I stayed away to be honest. Just uh, watch most of it on TV. So yeah, obviously a bit tough, and 
and uh, don't know if it had any effect on the tie at the end of the day, but yeah, there's a little bit of rain around. Yeah, I mean, those Bulgarians uh, look, looked pretty handy. I think their top player that they had here is ranked about 195th in the world in singles, which is still a long way clear of our best singles player, isn't it? Um, but, I mean, you know, even then, they didn't have their best player here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, their guys sort of around that 195, 200, and the other guys sort of 300. But, um, look, for our guys, I think at the end of the day, they'll probably be fairly disappointed with not, not giving up over those guys, you know, both guys, I think, you know, even though they're, uh, you know, handy players, I think our, uh, you'd want to back our guys to try and beat those guys, especially at home. Um, you know, it was a little bit disappointing that, that one of our boys probably didn't sort of lift a little bit more and, and try and sneak a win, and then that just, you know, obviously our strength is the doubles at the moment, but uh, with the singles guys, you know, there's four points on offer with the singles guys, and it's a tough ask when uh, one of the singles boys can't get across the line. So, mm. you know, they're just going to have to regroup and, and go and have a look at what they can do going forward. Yeah, KP Panu and Asia, um Rai, you know, like they, they, I thought they tried pretty hard and just couldn't get that across that singles win that probably would have, um, do you think, got them the, the, the win and up to the next group stage? Yeah, I think, look, with us, like in the past, we've always been, uh, you know, we've had such a strong doubles team that sort of after the first day, if we can get to one all, you know, mentally we know we're we're in a really good shot to get to 2-1 because we're probably going to clean up the doubles because we've got such good doubles guys, you know, that either Mike and Marcus or Mike and uh, Artem. So, you know, it does, it does put a bit of mental pressure on, you know, just scoreboard pressure on the other team. Um you know, for our guys, these young guys out there, look, they are pretty inexperienced, I guess. You know, Ajit's, well, he's played six ties now, so he's getting a crack. And it's really, you know, they've got to be able to lift and try and deal with that pressure. And, you know, in Davis Cup, it's just one-off sort of matches, you know, on the day at the time. You know, and you can prepare as much as you like and work as hard as you like and try as hard as you like. But unless you can sort of jump up and handle that, that pressure situation, you know, when you've just got your one or two opportunities to try and close out a match or get a bit of scoreboard and then your crowd gets involved and do that sort of side of it, you know, that's that's sort of the difference at the moment. And our guys are, are probably just a bit under underdone and, and uh, you know, even though they're trying hard at some stage, it, you know, mentally sort of got to grab the, the ball by the horns and, and sort of deal with it, you know, trying to go forward on that. I mean, as somebody who's been Davis Cup captain and knows some of these players pretty well, what are you saying in the sheds after they've gone down in, in three? So they've taken a set off these higher-ranked opponents, each player. I mean, is that enough for you to give something to build on? What are you What are you saying to these guys in the dressing rooms afterwards? On oh, the big picture, it is. Uh, you know, sure, you're trying to find positives and things to try and, and uh, get the boys up. And obviously, look, as a team, you're you're pretty gutted about the, the whole result. You know, it's a it's a sacrifice, and especially, you know, they're taking a week out of their schedule to, to play for your country, which is, you know, for me, is the ultimate anyway. But um, with that year, you're looking at it, but I guess the, the small picture and the, and the goal for that campaign was to, to get across the line. So, look, it's it's hard, I guess, as a, as a team to try and find positives when you go close to a win and, uh, you know, that's what it is, but you've just got to build on it and try and, and see where, uh, you know, things went wrong and, and what you can do next time to try and try and learn and then put that positive in place so you can get on the front foot and do a little bit more going forward. But, 
you know, watching those matches, there were some sort of key points and, you know, around probably some average options and, and things like that. And look, to be fair, those Bulgarian boys, you know, I think they played pretty consistent tennis when the pressure came on, you know, they were there and that was, that was probably the difference at the end of the day. Hey, Alistair, I, I went to the ASB Classic and uh, the game that I watched there got delayed. It went for 4,000 hours um, because of the rain. It ended up being played on the inside um, courts in the end. Do, do, does the rain impact the mental preparation, you know, when you're, when you're going through games and you've got to stop and go back and reset? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, uh, you know, if you've got a bit of momentum out there and, you know, that gets stopped and just different mindsets. And, and I mean, you know how it is when you're sitting there and you're trying to get ready to play and you're under pressure and you sort of psych yourself up to, to get in that mindset. Next minute, you've got to stop. And, look, the nerves always play a part, the anxiety side of things. So, you know, the longer you're sort of sitting in the in the dressing room and, there's you know, there's obviously more advice comes your way and there's more chat comes, you you know, just the whole thing sort of builds. And some sometimes it can be a positive and sometimes it's a negative so if you're sitting there and you actually just want to get out there and get going but you can't then you know sometimes you go back out and the the anxiety levels are through the roof and it's hard to get control of that you know especially if the crowds uh you know they'll be pretty vocal for for down in canterbury there they're you know great tennis crowd and love supporting so obviously there would have been a little bit of noise that sort of side of it it's a lonely place out there sometimes on your own so yeah, definitely, definitely, you know, it, it can help and it can also be a huge negative. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation. Were you surprised at the crowd, the size of the crowd? Because it was, it was a good crowd. Yeah, look, I think Canterbury's one of the premium places in New Zealand to play Davis Cup. You know, obviously, I'm a staunch Cantabrian growing up there and, and played and captained a lot of Davis Cups there. So, look, I love it. They're a really knowledgeable crowd. They do a great job. They, they uh you know, they work hard to get out and support uh, New Zealand teams and, not, and obviously all sporting events in Canterbury. But, uh, you know, like I love playing in front of Canterbury and, and what they do. So there's some really uh, old sort of key stalwarts there who make a huge effort to come along and, and support. So, look, it's, um, the boys are really lucky to have that. And I think... Um, you know, the, the crowd will be disappointed as well, obviously. Yeah, so back to World Group 2 for New Zealand now, um, once this tie is over. And I'm looking at World Group 2, of course, there are countries trying to get out of that to where we currently are at the moment. And there's a couple of uh, ties there where the scores really surprised me, mate, and I'm interested to get your take on it. Uh, but one is that Hong Kong are up 3-1 over Venezuela in Venezuela, and the other one is that uh, Luxembourg have wiped South Africa 4-1 as well. I, I would have thought that uh, those ties would have been a lot closer. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I, I was actually just having a quick flip through myself before, actually. But, the, um, yeah, it's funny how some of these countries, you know, like a Hong Kong, mm. you know, historically have been pretty weak. So, uh, look, it's not going to be too much fun for the boys down in Group 2, and there's going to be some tough ties. Uh, I think generally now most countries have got a pretty handy number one, uh, which makes things, you know, tougher. So at least one of these guys can play. And then, um, you know, it's just a tough ask. So that, yeah, and especially, you know, if we're going to countries like Hong Kong, you, you're in the humidity, the heat sort of side of things. So that makes makes things a little bit tougher as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of different countries down there from when... Uh, 
you know, what we sort of had it used to be broken all up into different zones. So I think there's, I mean, there's Latvia and all sorts of places down in Group 2. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting draw when that comes out and hopefully the, the boys get a favourable team and, and they can get back up. Hopefully they don't have to play on any um, courts with snakes on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mate, if they're over, you know, around Philippines, those sort of places, then who knows? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's just... It, it's how the things panned out and what happens in the future, I guess, around Davis Cup's going to be interesting. There's still a little bit of chat around around what's happening. So, um, yeah, I think there's a few older guys who want it to go back to the older format, but I don't think it will. So, yeah, we'll see see how that plays out. Yeah, I mean, in, you know, I, I take a lot of things back to football or back to basketball because they tend to do it when, you know, the organising, uh, the, the world organisation uh, basically says, right, this is what we're going to do, and then they dictate to everybody. Uh, and they have windows, right, where, you know, there is there are no tournaments, for example, or, you know, so the Premier League and all those leagues will suspend while they have World Cup qualifiers or whatever it happens to be. Do you see that the ATP and ITF and, and, and those organisations can get around the table and, and maybe make that happen? Yeah, you'd hope so, but like you say, there just, there just seems so many things sort of on now. I mean, even, uh, you know, obviously the the team event in Australia before the Grand Slam, you know, that's obviously been going for a couple of years, so that takes out a bit of time. And then you see another, you know, more an exhibition event. Uh, I think it was in Dubai, which was a team's event as well. Uh, you know, Kyrgios and those ones went and played that. Uh, I think there's just more and more money being thrown at these guys, and it's a shame. Like personally for me, I, I love the old format, you know, of the three days of Davis Cup, uh, the best of five format. I think it's it's great for the, the young guys coming through, maybe the ones that aren't so highly ranked. To, you know, they're, they're not going to play a Grand Slam, so they never really play a best of five match, so it's the old traditional sort of match. Uh, and I think, look, those longer matches, you know, it brings a gives you a bit more time out there as a player, a bit more time to adjust, to learn, to, you know, get comfy. Uh, when we're back in this format, it's so short and sharp. And, and the other thing, you know, as a tennis player, you, it's a pretty lonely existence. You're normally out there, you know, on your own or just with your coach. Hopefully, you, you know, wife or, or partner sort of side of things. And, you know, to be a, in a team environment for a week or 10 days is, is pretty cool. So, you know, just to, sh- to shorten it up a little bit, I think, is a bit tough on the guys these days, and especially the young ones. If you can get a few young guys in there with the older guys over an extended period, you know, it just gives a bit of time to teach and, and uh, learn and pass on a bit of knowledge. So, um, yeah, I, I personally would love to see it go back to the older format, but I think just time constraints and um, and how much is on offer these days and how much people want to see these top guys playing, I, you know, probably not going to happen, unfortunately. Mm, yeah, you're dead, you're dead right. And we had, we had Ajit Rai, a uh, good Taranaki kid, on last week. Can you do us a favour, like the next time you run in a clinic, can you just... Tell them the difference between a dryer and a washing machine. Because <laughs> I think he said I try to wash my clothes in the dryer, so I had hot, dirty clothes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Mum might be doing a bit too much for him there, is she? Yeah, might be. Might be. Yeah, Actually, still got doing his own washing. <laughs> hey, uh, before I let you go, Alistair, I mean, you know, we talk about these young guys that, you know, I mean, I think everybody knows um, who Mike Venus is, but, you know, KP Panu and AJ Rai, maybe not quite as much a household name. What, uh, where are those guys at in their career, and just how good do you think they can be? 
Oh, they're trying hard. Look, I think, you know, they're around sort of five, six, seven hundred in the world. And at least, to be honest, you know, it's an expensive time for them. Um, you know, they're, they're pumping money into the career and they they wouldn't be coming out with much at the end of the year. So uh, I think KP put out a, a bit of an article the other day on, you know, he earned, you know, 15000 or 20000 last year or something and made his he's probably got expenses of, you know, 100000 sort of side of it. So and I'd imagine a Jeet's the same. So, look, they're relying heavily on, on sponsors and, and other people's money to try and get them through the, the year, you know. So um, to try and learn and do their apprenticeship, you know, in their trade to to kick on and go forward. Look, there's a, you know, there's other young guys coming through as well. I think they carried a few young guys that, that uh, on the weekend at the tie to try and teach them a little bit and support and do that sort of side of things. So that's that's great. Look, I think it's it's a tough road, you know, to get out there and you're on your own and we're probably we're definitely under resourced. You know, New Zealand tennis doesn't have a lot of money, so there's there's probably not a lot of support out or you know if any out on the road as such. So yeah, it's a lonely, tough existence, and these guys are out there trying to do that. So. Um, you know, a lot of other countries, they're, they're up and coming guys, they're pumping coaches and physios and, you know, all sorts into the, into their players. So it's pretty tough to compete with. Um, but, you know, like you say, they're, they're out there trying as hard as, you, as they can and that's all they can do. And so good luck to them and, and hopefully it comes through. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right, Alistair, hey, thanks very much for coming on on Waitangi Day, mate, your, uh, your, your long weekend. <laughs> uh, what's the plan for the rest of the day? Uh, wedding anniversary today, so Ooh. I'll... Uh, Even more, uh, thank you for coming on. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go yeah, do the I, washing. I can't quite see my... I can't, yeah, put it in the dryer. That's probably about the extent of me anyway. Yeah, right Oak. Thanks Good very stuff. much. Go well, mate. Alistair Arn there with us, former New Zealand Davis Cup captain. It is 18 past nine. When we come back, some big news out of the NBA. It is 9.23 here on SENZ, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Ricardo in on Waitangi Day. And as I said before, I've got big news. If you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, which I know Joe Bell is, Kyrie Irving is a Dallas Maverick officially. Uh, so the Brooklyn Nets have traded Kyrie Irving to the Mavs for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first-round pick and multiple second-round picks. So that sounds like a good deal for the Nets. They get rid of an absolute basket case, get a couple of halfway decent players and some future picks. Yeah, well, they they were trying to what was that trying to get rid of Sean Marks and end up getting rid of Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving which and means picks Sean up Marks ten players. Yeah. yeah, Sean Marks is good business from Sean Marks. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So uh, yeah, that's a turn up because I thought he was going to LA. Yeah, I thought he was going to LA either the Clippers or the Lakers. Um, big talk over the weekend whether or not he's he'd ignite uh, LeBron's. Well, what do you what he call his retirement? Yeah, well, yeah. he's he wants to play for another couple of years yet. LeBron, yeah. apparently, oh, he's got a, he's got enough. Yeah, yeah. you'd have a, you'd have a sixty year old LeBron James playing on your team, wouldn't you? Probably not, to be honest. <laughs> Probably not. Um, it's like having a, a, a you know thirty seven year old Cristiano Ronaldo. It's just too much distraction. Uh, Joe Bell, as uh, the um, Dallas Mavericks fan on station, uh, how how do you feel about that? Fascinating. Um, my draw is on the ground. I, that is stunning. I'm. I mean, I'm not surprised. I, I actually think if you're going to make the, like a crazy trade like that, do it this year. Like I, I do think it's wide open in the West outside of the Nuggets. To be mm. honest, and 
they all they really do all they need is one piece they just need an extra star you know like he is on paper obviously but upstairs he isn't it so who knows i mean if 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 you've only got him for like you know half a year maybe he can stay normal and sane for half a year that's all you need from him you know i'm not sure it's yeah yeah that's 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 the stretch so long as he can keep his head together eh, Kempe? i mean you would have seen that in your time athletes who could have been great, but just didn't have it upstairs. Yeah, that's right. And and there's a, there's a lot of them, you know. And sometimes they they get locked away in their own. The problem is they get locked away in their own head, and you can't you can't talk sense to people. Um, yeah, it's a, Joe. Joe's dead right. It is interesting. Like when you bring a, when you bring him. When you guys were talking, then all I could think about was Cristiano Ronaldo mm-hmm. and what's happened. Like they, he's he's gone, and man, you went on a nine nine game winning streak. Yep. You know, and and now they're sitting third on the table, and you wouldn't have thought so when they signed Christi, Chris, uh, Christian Ronaldo because you would have thought he would have been adding something to that team, if not a premiership. So, um, can Corey go to the to the Mavs and sort of make them stronger than they are? I I think I think you have to wait and see. Yeah, it's you I have to wait and see because he, he strikes me as a guy that you. If you're going to have him, you kind of need to build your team around him and make him the man. Well, it's a little bit like Dennis Rodman, isn't it? Mm. You know, like when Dennis Rodman, that story when Dennis Rodman went, um, you know, won the comp- won a competition, went went down to uh, Jordan and Pippins, and and Jordan sort of said, "Mate, we're, we're we're built around you. We'll do what you want." You know what I mean? Gave him that confidence to just go out there and dominate that defensive game yeah. that he bought. And and you know, I need to go away to Vegas for two weeks or whatever. You know, you go, come okay. back, come back when you're ready, type thing. It's, it's like some, sometimes you need to. to man, I've played with guys like that. You know, it's not just about their football ability. You've got to manage them off the field as well. Yeah. Well, the Mavs currently sit sixth in the West, twenty-eight and six. They're nine and a half games off. The Nuggets in top, a half a game off the Suns in fifth, and another half a game off the Clippers in fourth. So they're there or thereabouts. Um, it's it's certainly not the worst trade, not at the worst, not at the worst time either. With uh, the Warriors sitting just by, behind them, they were just starting to get a roll back on with mm. Steph. Steph now they're saying is going to be out past the All Star break. So, yeah, that's a big loss. So I mean, there's an opportunity here for them uh, for the Mavs to put some distance between themselves and the players. Yeah. So tournament. so that, that trade is immediate. Yeah. Immediate, yeah. So there you go. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Uh, big news. Big news uh, from the NBA. Hey, the other thing uh, that is actually not too far away from starting is uh, the uh, Super Rugby, uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa, well, not Aotearoa, Super Rugby Pacifica, um, and we've got a tipping comp. Um, SENZ Super Rugby Tipping 2023 is open now. You could win the ultimate New Zealand sports experience for you and a mate worth two and a half grand. You can sign up what and a play now. Uh, at tipping.senzradio.nz. Tipping.senzradio.nz. Get the yeah, <laughs> we'll be in. We'll be in. Um, yeah, I, I I did all right last year for a while, but then I, I, I fell away towards the end. Um, in, in the tipping comp, I think I was in the sort of top forty for quite some time, and then dropped away uh, until, towards the end of the tournament. Uh, unfortunately, I, yeah, I've been in. I've been in a tipping comp. Twice mm. and mate, they're not they're not that easy. They're not that easy, eh? They're not that easy. Well, I've got to say, uh, shout out to myself. Uh, I'm in a tipping comp for the Six Nations. I picked I picked Scotland to beat England by three. They beat them by five. 
So you get a bonus point for being within the points. Oh, you know, yeah, being close. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good way of doing it. Yeah, and I picked Ireland to beat Wales, but only by 10, so I didn't get the bonus point for that one. And then, uh, yeah, I picked the French to beat Italy by 20, so I got that a bit wrong. But <laughs> I've got all the results right so far. That's the main thing. That's the main thing. 3-0, and 3-0. Oh, and oh. uh, Let us know. Are you going to jump in to the Super Rugby Tipping Comp? You need a good name. That's the other thing. Mm. You know, you need a team name. So it's always good to try and come up with a clever name for your team. Let us know what your team's going to be called in the Super SENZ Super Rugby Tipping Comp 2023 this year because uh, I reckon there are some geniuses out there. And I think we still – hey, Joe, uh, I know you're beavering away busily doing two people's job in the kitchen today, uh, but we still have a $50 tabby bonus bet to give away, don't we? Oh, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. So you fire up your phone and text us, double eight double three. Best name for a team in the Super Rugby, SENZ Super Rugby tipping comp this year, wins a $50 bonus bet. You've got half an hour to get your thinking cap on. Yeah. Great. And I can enter? You cannot enter. It's all going on Bella de Grande. Bella de Grande. Burning, burning, burn a phone, Joe. Burn a phone. Uh, It is half past nine here on SENZ. Give us a a text, (laughs) 8833. The best name for a uh, Super Rugby tipping team for the SNZ Super Rugby Tipping Comp 2023. It's all open now. Get us that name, double eight, double three, and a $50 TAB bonus bet could be all yours. This is SENZ. It is a breakfast with Izzy and Kempi. Ricardo in on Waitangi Day, 26 away from 10 o'clock. Shortly, we are going to play one of the best interviews of last week. Uh, well, I don't know if it's an interview, more just like uh, ripping the uh, ripping the proverbial out of each other with Joel and Fletch, but we'll replay that for you shortly. Keep the uh, text coming through, double eight, double three. The best name for a team in your SENZ Super Rugby Tipping Comp. Uh, that is open now at tipping.senzradio.nz. Sign up and play now. But uh, we want your names between now and 10. The best name wins a $50 TAB multi, so double eight, double three with that. Uh, Stephen sent through Happy Hookers. Uh, it's even from Wellington. Maybe he knows something about Dane Coles. Uh, he's a pr- pretty happy bloke. Um, so maybe maybe that one. Uh, Spins from Paul Dubs. Thanks for your text, Paul, as well. Keep those coming through. Double eight, double three. Now we had a choice of flooring pole, Joe. How do we come? How do we come out with that? Yes, yes, we did have a choice of flooring pole. The question was: Should we Americanize our public holidays and put wall-to-wall sport on the TV like they do in the states on Christmas Day and Thanksgiving? It was 56% yes, 44% no, so I'm right as always. I think we should have sports <laughs> on our national holidays. That, that, you know, that's a lot closer than I thought it was going to be, Kempi, because, and maybe it's just me, but I thought, who in their right mind is going to say no to that? No, I oh, know. Like We should have that on every day. 44% of why people we, why aren't in their right mind, apparently. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> that's your choices. Flooring poll results. Choices flooring New Year carpet sale is on now. You can start this year off in style at choices flooring New Year's carpet sale. When we come back, we revisit that chat from last week. Izzy and Kempe head-to-head with Joel and Fletch. The Run Home on SENZ. Very similar along the lines of what you're saying, really, about Ajaz Patel today, arguing that he is uh, underutilised. Think about, like, last year. I'm like, Ajaz Patel, first test back in New Zealand, he gets dropped after taking 10 for. I, I don't know what's going on because Isha's record in New Zealand's not as good as Ajaz. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mick Delivery and Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Kirsten Beeve, back today from 4pm on SENZ. 
summer's here and it's time to get outdoors and get things done. With Kubota's BX Series compact tractors, you'll have all the power and implements you need to tackle any task. So whether it's mowing lawns, slashing paddocks, digging